the other, I think there was three other groomsmen. Uh, none of us can even talk to each other anymore. One of them uh, called Spore and I Nazis and threatened us with a knife. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerick Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Asher and Spore a little bit later about um, just about everything. A little bit of everything. Yeah, podcasting or radio podcasting, show, all that stuff. A little behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. yeah. Some fun, great chat. A lot about censorship. Like we had a really good chat about the potential future of censorship here. Graham gets censored. Not quite, but it's coming. Yeah, we had a, it was a good chat. I've been waiting to do great that chat. for Fantastic a while. Talk about that stuff. So. Check out the show. That, they're from the boiler room as well, right? That's yep. where you first got exposed to them. Yep. Usually you're doing the exposing. <laughs> What's Thanks, How you been? It's cold as fuck. Yeah, it's okay. It's good. Or so you still say wind chill doesn't matter. If wind chill doesn't matter, how come it's like when you walk around that one corner of the house sometimes just like boom? Well, then before you walked around the corner, it wasn't feels like minus twenty nine, was it? It was just minus twenty two. So it's very subjective. The feels like is a. It's not very scientific. <laughs> I think we need to bring back the wind chill challenge. What if you're doing Wim Hof breathing? Then it feels like it's minus fifteen instead of minus twenty two. Yeah, but you Wim Hof the shit out of it. Then it feels I'll way, then, then so that's not even in the, in the parameters. I'll go shirtless or? in a tent out in the parking lot and you go shirtless outside the tent. In the wind. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't and feel we'll get, colder. And we'll get Brody to shoot us with the temp gun. I'm just. <laughs> and see where we're at. That see might who work. gets colder. Yeah. And say, how's it feel like, Graham? And I'll say it feels much warmer than I'm breathing properly. Do you know what I mean? Who said minus 29? Is that the worst case wind chill? Or is that just the average worst case wind chill? It's the wind chill. And what if you're more sensitive than me? It gets worse if you're surrounded the buildings and stuff. More sensitive than you? If you're more sensitive than you, you're to in cold. trouble. Cold. You're pretty good with the cold. Yeah. You're pretty bad with everything else, like moving <laughs> stuff. or Moving stuff? Yeah. What does that mean? I never look forward to moving stuff with you. What? It's like a little awkward about it. No, why? What do you mean moving stuff? I don't know. Like to say to move a couch or something. Really? Yeah. Like, what about asking me or about the physical, the no, actual, the, the, actual the actual act of the move. You're very intuitive on the other end of the furniture. Oh my God. Know. Of course I am. Some people, you know, you just grab it, boom, boom, the coach gets just moved. Careful. It's always just a little awkward with oh you. Oh my like, God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Fuck. I shouldn't have brought this up on the air. I want to know, Michael. Mike, we moved the couches in with Michael. I want to know what he thought about my moving at at attributes. Michael's great. It's like he's reading your mind. We're just moving stuff. We're flipping stuff. We're flipping it out of basements. It's great. So actually, there we go. Michael's moved furniture with both of us. So maybe Michael can yeah, come can by see. the studio and let us know. I was extremely. Yeah, I think he just grasped his straws here, buddy. <laughs> I forgot to call you anything too. I have to skip it. Yeah. I'll I could call you triggered at this point. <laughs> the man who can't move with people or something like that. I don't understand. I'll just call you triggered. <laughs> you shake it off? You want to jump right off. in? Do you want to jump into uh, something for you? Do you want to jump into the parcel? Pretty excited to open the parcel. Yeah, open the parcel then. You got a big box. You're going to unbox on the show? How do you make this you good for this audio? Song. You want me to unbox it? Yeah. But I can't move it around. I can't even lift it up and put it on the table because I can't move things properly. <laughs> You're going to get all nervous. 
You know what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I even brought it up. <laughs> you wrecked it. You're all triggered. Open it up. Oh, great. This is great. You can hit me with one if you want. Boom City. <laughs> Thank you. Ooh, an Indian's hat. Redskins. I guess that would be Redskins. What's that one say? I survived the Mai Oh, that's at the world's greatest tiki bar. Because we got a lighter from there. Oh, this is gram size. It's this is size beefy. This is definitely grams. You could be beefcake next week. Okay, I feel bad about the moving thing now. Now I feel bad about the moving thing. Next week you could be beefcake. I can take it. We got some flatter stickers. Hey, you said no more alt right, so I stopped that. Now it's just I can't move things. <laughs> What's that? An ashtray? Ooh, a coaster. Dragon ashtray. I think it's a coaster. Ooh, what do you think's in there? Ooh, it's. Uh oh, this is a cooler bag. Got a bunch of stickers in here too. Frankie's. Also, I, love is, the, I love how I love how. Look at this! Holy cool. fuck! It's a moai. This is our first moai. How is this our first moai? This is great. Check it out. Yeah. Hold up to the camera. Where's the camera? Uh, it's up there. So if you're just listening, you might want to check out the Frankie's. You might want to check out the YouTube video on this one because we are just checking out all this great stuff. That friend of the show. Those are yours for the lack of windchill. Are those safety glasses? Yeah. So I get the goggles because I believe in wind chill, and you get the things because you don't. Yeah, we have quite a parcel here we're opening up from our friend Bill, CIA Bill. Awesome stuff. Was Bill's he a... Bill the Shill in the chats originally? Yes, or? Bill the Shill. The original Bill the Shill. One of a kind dude. Of course, we met him at the Stampede. I know where the. I know where the. Is that Washington Redskins or Cleveland? Washington Redskins. Thanks, Bill. That's awesome. Excited. Amazing. Yeah, friend of the show, Bill. Of course, he came here for Stampede this year. We got to hang out. He got to come to the studio. He was one of the last people to come to the igloo before it was demolished. I think he was the last person. Wow, look at this. What is this? So, yeah, huge thanks to Bill. Check out the YouTube channel. We'll get Graham to take a picture of all this stuff, throw it on the Instagram and the socials. He's wearing the goggles. They look they look good on you. They look like gun safety goggles. Look at me. Look at me. I think they are gun safety goggles. Of course, that picture will be in the newsletter, grammerica.ca slash news, um, for people who want to see this 
So if you haven't checked out the newsletter in a while or maybe unsubscribed to it, the newsletter does have pictures from Graham and I's picture-taking contests where we try and catch each other in, un- in compromising situations. And also just random studio pics, stuff like that. Yeah, check that out, gramerica.ca slash news. So thank you very much, Bill. Yeah, that's awesome. We loves you. So what do you got? <clears throat> I got one of those cool little synchros that just happened like today or yesterday with a listener. With a listener? Yeah. So I could I could do that. I also have a quite an extensive trip report that would be good to read. Okay, well, let's start with a synchro. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicity. Oh. oh, yeah, so apparently All this is part one of two. There's another box that we didn't have. Did you know back our next episode is supposed to be in eight minutes? Don't it I just did get an email on my thing about that, which is interesting. Yeah, you should probably, uh, we should probably. <clears throat> okay, here we go. This is, uh, oh, so this is interesting because. The trip report I have lined up is from the same, same guy. Really? The synchro, yeah. Really? It just compounds it, yeah. Did you know that? Not until right now. How is that possible? Just because we're in a... See, this is another one where you've alternate got... Alternate reality, dude. You've got a unique amount of control over <laughs> the synchro things, which <laughs> always leaves me a little uneasy. <laughs> But. So he says, hey, fellas, I had to write back to tell you this. I never heard of the term sundog until today when I opened up your email. So thanks for that. Really? So he sent me a picture of uh, like a, almost like a flying rainbow ball, right? That's what a sundog would be, I would say. Just a ball floating, you know, looks like a portion of a rainbow sitting there. It's like a rainbow around the sun, isn't it? No, it just could just be a flash, in the, like a, a, a light in the clouds, like a rainbow in the clouds. So he says, today, for the first time, and whatever reason, so I, I had replied to him and said, nice sundog, like, that's pretty cool sundog. <clears throat> so this is a good part. He says, so today, for the first time, and for whatever reason, I decide to hit the button on the top right of the Grimerica app, revising the order of the list of episodes. Oh, reversing the order, sorry. I scroll down and place my finger on the screen without looking in order to randomly pick an episode to listen to. I picked number 38, which I hadn't listened to yet. As I'm writing this, Graham, I can hear you describing your sundog sighting. What's episode 38? Coincidence? I think not. Not sure what it could mean yet, but I think it might be symbolic of my recent efforts to better understand the seven energy centers, which are directly related to the seven colors of the spectrum. So I've been going pretty hard with the law of one stuff. So when I got this email, and when I sent my email, I was listening to the law of one book as well. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've been listening to... Uh, Life as we go. We're going to kick off our silence by the moment. Oh. Actually, no, we won't because it's some fucked up. You're on some weird speed probably. Because <clears throat> we're being suppressed anyways probably. What so. speed are you on? Actually, it seems like the vaccine chat was suppressed. Really? A little bit, yeah. On YouTube or? Even on Twitter. Wow. I yeah. wouldn't doubt it. That was the episode that came out right before this one. Yeah. Who, who said that? YouTube. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I made a point to put vaccine truth in the title. Funny how you can talk about YouTube suppression, but you can't talk about the stuff that they want you not to talk about. You can dress up naked in a bathtub and play with children's toys too. Yeah. So he's been going pretty hard on the law of one stuff, which is really interesting. I've experienced other synchronicities recently that also relate to light and the colors of the spectrum as well. Perhaps I'm on the right track. Thanks for getting back to me so quick. And as always, keep up the amazing work. Have a great day. And that's from Anthony. Thanks, Anthony. Can we call him? Can I call him Tony? Sure. Thanks, Tony. You feel okay answering for him on that? Yeah. That's okay. okay. So now. No, he probably to... doesn't like it. We would put Tony at the bottom. American Trip Report. It hasn't replied to my email yet. So okay. Just keep fucking okay. trucking. Keep man. going. Keep going. <clears throat> okay. Here, here's. Hey guys, here's the trip report as promised. Enjoy. It was mid-spring and a beautiful day here in sunny Philadelphia. It's always sunny there. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's I was house-sitting for my then-girlfriend while she was away on a road trip. So it was just a few blocks from the Italian market. It's a Philly staple. You may know of it. It's the street that Rocky ran up on his way to the famous steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art. I do know that. A produce huckster, then Rocky, or through Rocky, an apple that he caught it as he ran by on screen. The Italian market is a, about a seven-block-long strip of air, open-air vendors, selling mostly produce and other foodstuffs. It's usually fairly crowded at the market, especially when the weather is nice, but this particular day was the day of the South Philadelphia Italian Festival, and a beautiful, beautiful spring day at that, so the streets were packed, <clears throat> packed nut to butt. <laughs> Or I've never heard or, that before. Have you heard of puss to tush? No. Before? Neither. With I happy nut to butt. With, with happy celebrating people. I was meandering through the crowded streets, sipping a brewski, puffing a camel, and just generally enjoying the atmosphere when I ran into my friend Sean. After the usual what's ups and how you been's, I told him that I had some DT at Lisa's house and asked him if he wanted to head over there for a bit and partake in this psychedelic sacrament. He said, hell yeah, and we began the short walk to our destination. We walked into the ground floor apartment, got the tea, what we call DMT, and the pipe from the drawer, and I put some in the bowl. We both took a seat on the couch and prepared for liftoff. I was to be first, but before I took the hit, I prepared another scoop of tea for Sean, so he could just dump it into the bowl right after I took my hit so that we could both be tripping at the same time. I took a long, full pull from the pipe, and held it in as best I could. And it's not easy to hold DMT smoke inside your lungs, but I managed to hold it until Sean took his puff. In my experience, the wormhole doesn't open up until about the midpoint of the exhale, but the fractals and colors begin while holding the smoke in. The visuals are striking, vivid, and colorful, with geometric fractal patterns undulating and folding into and out of themselves and existence. The fractals then transform into other tangible things like robotic, reptile-like transformers, fantastic creatures, and all manner of unearthly flora and fauna. But it's not what the physical eyes see that interests me. It's about where I go and what I perceive with my inner senses. With my eyes closed, I saw, felt that wormhole begin to open. I shot through it what seemed to be faster than the speed of light. But there is no way to tell just how fast. 
or maybe I was still, and it was all just my surroundings that were speeding past. There's no way to tell, but it is of no consequence since that is just another way into realm, into another realm. So at the end of the wormhole, a being appeared before me and communi communicated to me that I was safe and I was eternally loved, that I am love, and that some kind of healing would take place. These were not words that were spoken, but felt. They were felt ideas that are more precise than meaning and meaning than speech could ever be. The being then inserted his hand into my chest. I guess you could say it was my astral chest and gently wrapped his fingers around my heart. I could feel what seemed like my heart or my astral heart beating against his hand. He began speaking audible words in a language I did not recognize and still to this day have not heard. He withdrew his hand from my chest and grabbed what seemed like a garment that I was wearing. This is the closest description that I can make and pulled me to a new place at an incredible speed. This new place was filled with very many entities, all looking very unique and interesting. All were definitely non-human, but humanoid. Some looked at me and I could feel and understand all of their thoughts at once. Some said, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here yet. Some were laughing and thought that it was funny that I was there. Some were extremely happy to see me and some were indifferent to my presence. As you can probably imagine, I was totally astonished and opened my eyes instantly. Actually, no, that was wrong. Instantly. No, opened my eyes. Instantly, I was back at Lisa's apartment with my buddy, Sean. I began seeing something stirring within the exposed brick wall in front of us when three women who looked to be made of solid gold and resembled Hindu goddess statues began to come out of the brick wall and were dancing in unison towards me, moving their hips in a serpentine motion. All three were holding golden trays that were filled with the round, spiky, metallic golden fruit. They were dancing like Hindu women, like Hindi women do. I think those dances are religious, but I don't know a whole lot about it. I could perceive that I was about, I could perceive that I was to eat the golden fruit, and then the effects of the DMT began to wear off. And just before the golden ladies reached me, they began to dematerialize and faded away completely. I looked to my right at Sean, who looked at me, and we both said something to the effect of, holy shit, dude. I told him about the golden women. And he says, you were thinking about chicks? I said, I guess so. And yeah, I probably was. You know, I'm a red-blooded American man after all, and that's what we do, I guess. I began to realize that the whole lot of emotional stress and resentments that, been hanging on, that I'd been hanging on to simply fell away and were gone for good. I couldn't believe that just a few minutes prior I cared so much about that stuff, and now it seems so silly to hold on to that crap, let alone have those poisonous thoughts in the first place. With that being said, I can totally understand how just one ayahuasca ceremony has the power to eliminate lifelong addictions and other serious, chronic, emotional, emotional or spiritual maladies, even physical ailments, especially if just 10 or 15 minute DMT trip has the power to shed me of the resentments that I've been holding on to for years. Here's where the unexplainable happens. You ready? Mm -hmm. We left Lisa's apartment and began walking back to the festival. We both felt refreshed, empowered, and very happy. 
We walked a few blocks, blocks back to the center of the festivities when we both turned our heads and looked up at an electrical transformer that was mounted about 20 feet up on a telephone pole. You fallen? I'm with you. Just below the transformer was an extremely crowded street with hundreds of people going this way and that when the transformer exploded with a deafening boom. The shower of sparks rained down onto the crowd and many people began screaming and yelling and running away. Luckily, no one was hurt and nothing was really damaged, except the Transformer, of course. Sean and I then looked at each other, totally bewildered. Uh, did we just make that happen? Sean asked. I don't know, I said. How did we know that was going to happen? I mean, did we do it? You see, I was walking at Sean's left. The Transformer was above us to the right. So I saw Sean look at, at it the, the exact same time I looked at it. We both turned our heads almost automatically as if guided by some unknown force. And a second or two after we were looking at the transformer, it exploded. I still don't know if we somehow were able to perceive the electromagnetic effects that were being produced by the overloaded transformer, or if we were just so open from the DMT trip that we subconsciously knew that it was going to happen before it did, or if we somehow caused it with our minds. Either way, something very anomalous and interesting and unexplainable happened that day. Maybe the DMT heightened our senses, or maybe they amplified our latent DSP. I don't know. But what I do know is that DMT is very powerful and definitely does something beneficial to the human mind, body, and spirit. I do not condone or produce or promote drug use, but I also do not consider DMT to be a recreational drug, but instead a sacrament that is to be treated with respect and used for a purpose. I hope this story helps some people to better understand DMT and maybe even better understand some of their own experiences. Graham, Darren, thanks again for all the hard work and thanks for taking the time to read this long-ass trip report. Have a great day, everyone. Love, light, and laughs. Anthony. Can I call him Tony still? <laughs> what a great trip report. Yeah, it was good, eh? Makes you want to smoke some DMT. No, it no, doesn't make me want to smoke some DMT. No? No. I hope... I like how he puts all the, like a lot of the plausible things that was running through my head on how that happened. Right. Imagine if we both looked up at a transformer and exploded, <laughs> like what would, you know, was that, did you pre-cog you it or did you instantly take credit? No. Oh yeah. You'd no, be no. fucking all over that. No. What if I just sensed it? You know, what if it felt like the transformer was going to explode? You'd probably just be doing it wrong. Feels like fence where we're exploding. <laughs> Feels like moving a couch with ground. <laughs> oh, what a day. So, <laughs> Bill says that those are sea city goggles. Oh, like is that there? Yeah, for sea city. In case it's raining or something. I can't use them for moving or can I, do they help me move things? <laughs> Throw them on. Let's get a shot. I, you already did. Not with the goggles. Those are ski goggles. No, these are C-SETI goggles. Well, they're not for C-SETI. You're Look, just fucking making it up I'm now. telling you. No, you I'm not, doing, I'm not doing any fucking picture opportunities with you. Okay. Bill, you're going to have to email him. He doesn't believe me. Okay, it says, anyway, <clears throat> where were we? Just talking about that trip report. Do you want to do you want to rate the synchro while we're at it? I mean, that was pretty good with the law of one and the whole. Yeah, I'll like, give that whole, like a. It's got to be above seven or eight. I mean, I what are like the chances a, he finds that episode a with a sun dog? I think I've only talked about one sun dog. Seven point eight. There's an eight in it actually. I'll give it an eight. Okay, it's an eight. 
because episode 38. I couldn't even tell you who episode 38 was because we weren't supposed to be numbering the episodes. Then we went back and numbered them. Oh, did we? Are they numbered now? Yeah, right from one. Ephraim Palermo. Well, what, you don't know what 38 was? No. You, didn't look you it can up? check. Why don't you check? <clears throat> we have no. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not. I've pinged uh, right, everywhere right, right, and no yeah. response. So. Okay. Then I was out in the mountains for the weekend. Oh, that's right. We got to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. My wife and I went to a couple's retreat. It was great. Intensive, I think they're called. Where you go to the hotel and you do like a bunch of uh, sort of relationship work. And yeah, it was a great thing. And you're in the mountains? And we're out in the mountains. With a couple of feet of snow. It was a total blizzard from the time we... It was basically a blizzard from the time we left Friday to the time we wanted to come back Sunday. I think it snowed about two feet. Wow. And cold. I, my thumb was frostbit. It's just coming back now. Mm. It's pretty annoying. But it was good. Yeah. I learned a bunch of great new communication skills. Had a few yeah. breakthroughs. Really? Some ups, some downs. Tough times. But Was that challenging for you? Yeah, well, there was. Like, did you have to get out of your shell and, like, talk uh, in front of a group? And did you have some, to, like, look into your wife's eyes? and? Yeah, we did all that all stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. Some of that tantra stuff. Yeah, yeah. all that. And, the like, the, it was interesting because we did a lot of the, um, it's all based on... Marshall Rosenberg stuff, and I've read his book, oh. and I've read, I've, well, I've listened to it. I've listened to one, and I have the other one. I just haven't listened to it. Yet. But um, yeah, his nonviolent communication and all that stuff. So I heard of it before. I just hadn't tried practicing. That shit is tough. I mean, it's it's a whole. It's not like snap, snap. But we're happy we did it. We'll get there. Cool. Well, give we, me some examples know, of what, you, what what your breakthroughs were and stuff. Maybe we'll do that in How the How vague your text communications are? Something well, about that? Or that? Oh, that was our earlier break too, right? A couple <laughs> weeks back, yeah. The texts are bad. <laughs> that was a breakthrough with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't with me. With everyone. Anyway, no, this was all good stuff. Maybe we'll get into it more on the black budget. What? Your, your, th- your, your thing, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, but you did want to talk about the Nordic Spa. Yeah, the Nordic Spa was great. So it's basically, it's very Wim Hofy in the winter. Oh, I guess in the totally. summer, it'd be because you've been there too, right? No, just oh. in Winnipeg. So in the summer, it'd be a totally different thing. But when we did it, it's like Saturday night, it was like, feels like minus 35. <laughs> I think it's actually like minus 28. Feels like minus 35. It's a fucking blizzard, a legit blizzard. And we went in the Nordic Spa. So you go over... You go out there and there's like three hot tub pools. There's a cold pool that's at like 12 degrees. Then there's like a steam room, a Finnish sauna, a cedar sauna, yeah. exfoliation room. Yeah. So it's good. You're out there like sitting in the blizzard. And it was great because Lisa was, Lisa was super nervous for it, but we had a good time. She had a great time. The first initial bit is tough. Like you take off that robe and you're just in your bathing suit and in a blizzard and it's minus 30. And you're fucking freezing. Then you get into that first pool and it's not so bad. And from then on, it's not so bad because, you know, it's just like cold. You get fucking cold, but then you're sort of quickly into the steam room and stuff yeah, like that. The, yeah. eucaly- the eucalyptus. But did you try and practice your breathing when you're going through those like cold spots there? No. Were you shivering? I don't think so, no. I was, I was trying not to shiver anyway. I was trying, I was really trying not to succumb to the cold. Because you can really. I get didn't have really my phone because I wanted to get a picture of me sitting in one of those chairs in the blizzard with my in my swimsuit. Yeah. But the eucalyptus steam room was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The shitty thing was my room was freezing cold. So we went and the pipes had burst somewhere a couple of days before. So there's no heat in my way. 
So not only is there no heat, but the central air is stuck on and I can't like turn it off. So like my room's down to 10 degrees probably by the end of it. I'm like using towels and blankets to try and block shit off, but it didn't work. It got fucking cold. And then it's like at 2.30. What did it feel like? Like feel like minus, feel like five? <laughs> that was really 10? Yeah. Feel like minus two? Felt like 10. It was probably, I bet you it felt different for you and your wife. Probably. See how subjective that is? <laughs> I bet you she thought it was minus 10, but you felt like it was five. It wasn't minus anything. That felt like it, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sorry about the couch state, man. Anyway, so the fire alarm goes off, 2.30 in the morning on the Saturday night. Fast asleep, wake up, fucking fire alarm. That's, that's what time you go to the dentist. Yeah, so for some reason, 2.30? Yeah. So we've used that joke like oh. four times anyway. Actually, that might just be with my kids. Um, I might be remembering, cross-remembering. So I jump out of bed naked, bouncing around the hotel room, trying to find a chair so I can reach the smoke alarm. But it's like, you know, each room's got its own local smoke alarm. And then anyway, so I'm, I find a chair. I pull the smoke alarm down. Lisa's like, what are you doing? And I pull the smoke alarm down. The smoke lights, the alarm's still going off. Because it's in the hall? Because it's in the hall. I open the door. It's a, the place is getting fucking evacuated. Middle of the night. 2.30 in the morning. It's minus 30 outside. What did it feel like? Felt like minus 45. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I didn't evacuate it. Anyway. We like waited it out. Like, we'll see. We'll wait it out. Finally, about 30 minutes later, the alarm shut off. <clears throat> and uh, I went back to bed. Alarm comes back on. Like, fucking what? 45 minutes later, the alarm comes on like three times <clears throat> and shuts off again. So then I'm like a little worried that, you know, maybe something, maybe there is a fire and it's burned the alarm station down. Anyway, I ended up falling asleep anyway. So, you know, we're joking the next day about how I'm bouncing around naked, trying to pull the smoke alarm on. And um, we get into the group setting and there's six couples. And we're, we obviously we start talking about the fire alarm incident the night before. And to a man, every single male in the group had fucking jumped up and Either successfully pulled the smoke alarm down or tried to yeah. before realizing that it was the hall alarm. That's, that's a good exercise in like the difference between male and females, right? 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 You know, there's that side of it. It's just like, let's fix this problem right away. Like, don't yeah. worry about packing and getting out because there's a fire. Let's just take out the, the alarm. Noise. Yeah, get rid of the alarm right now. And what were all the women like? Were they surprised to find out that all the guys tried this? Yeah, it was a pretty funny moment in the thing. Yeah. And the funny thing was the overarching theme was the women was all like, sorry, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Exactly. The first thing you should do is check the hallway. Yeah, and you have to try to take out the alarm. <laughs> yeah, oh, check the funny. hallway, see yeah. if there's a fire. Yeah, protect me. <laughs> Don't stop the thing from ringing. <laughs> Anyway, neat little exercise in, in humanity. But yeah, there's a bunch of breakthroughs. We'll get like I said, we can get into it a little more on the block budget. All right. Or on the other podcast. Yeah. It'd be a great space for it. Yeah. How was your weekend? Oh good, yeah. It was cold as a motherfucker. Still cold. Finally warming up. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a cold week. It's like that I don't know. I thought maybe we weren't gonna get the cold snap. I mean this happens once a year usually. Yeah, that's right. One or two. Yeah. One or two cold snaps a year. But now with this global warming, it's worse, getting worse. Global warming does seem to be fucking shit up. I could see why they changed it to climate change. 
because it looks like it's going to get cold. I mean, you look at, isn't it record cold this year? How can, how can 2018 be like the fourth warmest year ever? And then they're, we're like, but we're breaking records because it goes on the average. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm having trouble with the average. Well, we're having Jim Leon, who's like talking about weather modification again. And I thought I was on top of that whole thing. Jim Leon. We're supposed to be having him on. He's going to come on again. We're going to have him on. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of fuckery going on with the weather. So if you're measuring stuff and you've been fucking with the weather, then how does that not affect your average temperatures? That's my, my main concern. Who else? Who, who, there was someone else. Someone was telling us to get someone else on about, uh, climate change. Well, I got a few people in mind. Do you? Yeah. What about we getting Ben Davidson on again to do the sun thing? Yeah. I think we had I think we're in queue. Yeah. We had to wait in line. Anyway, anything else? No, we should just beg for support and stuff. Oh, and we talk about done ways that. to support. We need to be show. supported. Oh, there's a quote. We gotta do the silly quote. Anyway, we do need to be supported hundred percent. We made rent this month. It was close with the rent and the hosting and the internet and fucking everything else. The bills are stacking up. The support is stacking up, albeit slower. We'd like to see that support catch up to the bills. Yeah, hopefully. Get oh. get get up past that 1%. Yeah. 1%, 2% supporters. Head over to grammerica.ca slash support this week. Please and thank you. Sign up for a monthly of sun capacity. Make, make a one-time donation. Um, we do have uh, some unexpected one-time expenses coming up here in a couple weeks to um, get get everything in order from a legal perspective. <laughs> it's going to cost us a couple of dollars, so we got to deal with that. And then we just, you know, support is dragging behind, and uh, we need to see a little bit more of it. For a while there, we were chugging along, and everything was going along well. The last few months seems to dip. We get it. Christmas sucks, but Christmas is over. Now it's time to uh, head over to grindmarket.ca slash support and sign up. Yeah. Of course, there's a bunch of other ways, too. You can help the show out. You can review the show on iTunes and those other things, and you can uh, sign up for uh, sign up for YouTube and click the notification yeah. button. All that kind of helps. Just review. everybody doing their little part, you know? Reviewing it, sharing it. Yeah. Sharing it's a big thing. Yep. Reviewing it's a great thing. Signing your friends up for the yep. newsletter. Yep, join the chats. They won't even know you did it. Like, Leave us a voicemail. There's a list of stuff in the show notes that just have links to you everything. You could totally just sign your friend up for the newsletter. They won't even know. And that's a good point. We should send Jim some good vibes. Yeah. Hope he's okay, yeah. wherever he is. Yeah. We'll get him on soon. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and the other places you can go is grimerica.ca slash Stripe and grimerica.ca slash Patreon. If you don't like PayPal, you don't like Patreon, there's Stripe. Whatever you want to do. Support the show in some capacity, monetarily or otherwise, because uh, the future of independent media is in your hands. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, listen Don't to this show, man. This, this, show, up, this show, this podcast talks about it. That's Sporin Hesher. People don't support shows like this. Shows like this will cease to exist because I can't afford to run it. No. It's taken no. on a whole fucking life yeah. of its own. Yeah, we I can't know. afford like I know. The it's all or nothing now. Support fucking drops off. This play, the, we go defunct. The landlord repos the gear, and it's the end of Grand America. So, grandamerica.ca slash support. Do you want to talk about Contact at the Cabin? Because yeah, Randall Carlson is going on some other shows, and that yeah, that going on, is going to fill up super quick here. I so would, I wouldn't be surprised if by the by the by by like the middle, but it could be full by the end of February. I mean, he's going on 
Grayling Report and Expanded Perspective, which both have fairly large audiences. So there's only 40-some spots left. So if you're one of those people that's been sitting on the fence or thinking you're going to do this thing last minute, uh, you're there. This is probably last minute. I would say, you know, I think the one show comes out on the 18th and the other one comes out around the 22nd. So depending on how quick their audiences react, and their audiences are much bigger than ours, um, it could quickly fill up. Yeah. You, you could be looking at literally by the end of February, this thing being sold out. And I pop my head into the little Zoom meeting that these guys have that Alan's you get to, organized. If you're part of the group, and, you get to talk to and, Randall every week. And Randall was like, to, well, I don't know if Randall will be there every week, no, but he was in week. there showing pictures of some every of the areas week. that he's going to... He's going to take everybody to, I mean, it's going to be a mind-blowing trip. So maybe we should summarize it for people that haven't heard it before. You want to give it a little rundown? Because it is important. I don't important have the information to, in Okay, so it's in, it's, in, uh, it's in May for 10 days, split up into three separate trips. And like Randall's going to be there the whole. To 20, yeah. May 17th to 27th. But that last weekend from the, from the 23rd to 24th to 27th has only got like five spots left, I think. So it's a pretty intimate setting. There's only like 25 people, 25, 30 people per, 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 uh, weekend like, in the woods. And Randall will be taking everybody out on a little tour, kind of like a day hike type thing and doing a little presentation and a little chat afterwards. We might do some live podcasting and CE5 event. I'll take people out at night to Skywatch, look for some UFOs. I mean, it's going to be a blast and just hanging out in a big cabin and a big, lots of room for tenting. With everybody. It'll be cool. Yeah, it's a 122-acre spot. Yeah. We see set in like a motherfucker. Ground will be playing C5, D&D. C5. C5 and? What, what, does someone get sued or did you? <laughs> no, I just want to call it C5. That's a the blanket term, not the, okay. you know, it's like Kleenex and tissue, you know? I see. Oh, so I've been using a, a brand. Yeah. I've been using Gears brand. Gear? 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 Gear. Rear gears. <laughs> so is that all we got then? Give me your quote. Oh, I got UFO quotes. I got quotes. a jingle that shit UFO up. Quotes. The iPad died. Good. Darren and Graham are going deep. It's the profound UFO quote of the week. Words to ponder. And critique. <laughs> <laughs> After the plane from Roswell See, it's arrived. it's much easier to sing with you than to move stuff. Uh, after <laughs> and the podcast. You're easy to podcast with, too. Just don't pick anything up. Just don't me. pick anything up. <laughs> you're a fucking weird one. <laughs> he does miss a lot of moving days. It's almost like he knows. That's why. It's because he's resentful when I'm trying to help. So he's in that fucking negative space it. or something. You sensed it? I don't give you enough space to suck up moving. Next time I'll hold some space for you. It's because every time he asks somebody to help move, it's like some fucking crazy thing, like a like the studio, twelve hundred pound oh, studio, or a fucking fridge, or a stand up freezer, or something crazy thing that you can hardly even pick up. I'm like, are you sure we can move this together? Oh yeah, no problem. Shout out to Chris for the back to back super chats. Thanks, Chris. Okay, after the plane from Roswell arrived with the material, I asked the base commander to personally transport it in a B-26 to Major General McMullen in Washington, D.C. The entire operation was conducted under the strictest, strictest secrecy. The weather balloon explanation for the material was a cover story to divert the attention of the press. That was Brigadier 
General Thomas DuBose, commanding officer of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, in an affidavit September 16, 2001. Nice. That's just like two weeks after 9-11. How about another one? I know, crazy, eh? I think 9-11 happened very close to the disclosure event that a lot of these quotes are from. Blue I Book. thought you were going to do the tone. I am, I am, I am. Just settle down. Blue Book was now under direct orders to debunk. Oh, have you watched that show? What show? The Blue Book show? People say it's pretty good. There's like, a Blue Book show on TV, the like, series. Like TVs in the other room. I remember, yeah, and see, here's the guy b- bitching to me about moving stuff. When who broke two TVs and the move onto the, well, the, way the studio? Maybe if oh, I had no. Like, you know. You were on the road. Oh, I'm on the road that day. Oh, you're moving? I'm on the road. <laughs> piss jugging it up. Uh, do you piss jug with Marie in the car? I don't do that anymore. Period? No. I don't believe you. <laughs> Blue Book was now yes, under sir. direct orders to do I don't piss jug anymore. Period? I don't need to just pull over and go. What was the last time? I'm in no rush anymore. That's a good... I don't know. When we talked about it on the show, I stopped it. <laughs> I shamed you out of it. <laughs> Piss jug shame is real. Oh, I remember the conversations around the conference table in which it was suggested that Walt Disney or some other educational cartoon producer be enlisted in the bunking process. That was Dr. J. Allen Hynek, scientific consultant to Blue Book. A show? Oh my God. We've been talking about this for five and a half years. It was the fucking government, the, the bullshit government study on you. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you might be doing a native ad for the new Netflix show. No, but I just thought it, you know, be a surprise. You enjoy it? No, I haven't watched it yet, no. but I'm hearing a lot of good things from it. Okay, I'm going to do a quote out of Charlie Robinson's The Octopus of Global Control. I think this is going to be our new podcast. Our new quote book. (laughs) Behind the ostensible government sits enthroned an invisible government owning no allegiance and and acknowledging no responsibility to the people. To destroy this invisible government, to befoul the unholy alliance between corrupt business and corrupt politics is the first task of the statementship of the day. Dun, dun, you know what uh, we should do? That? And then now you got to guess who it was. Bush. Herbert Walker. <laughs> <laughs> the weird fucking guess ever. Are you kidding me? The guy that wants to fucking... Dis- you wouldn't even listen to the quote. <laughs> you just picked like... <laughs> who was it? Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, 26th president of the United States. Teddy? That was Teddy? He gave up the national parks. Yeah, well. He was just pretending to be. Really, he was just writing. I really like Teddy. I think that's mostly because Robin Williams and Night at the Museum. What did he do about what did he do? What did he do about the national parks? He made them. Oh, he made them. Yeah. That's bad. I know, but who was now it's the place the where they take people. Uh, yeah. Batch consignment. Actually, do we have the, the national parks? Yeah. And all that UNESCO shit. You and your batch consignment. They're batch consignment the NATOs and they're batch consignment the national parks. Where else are they batch consigning? What does batch consignment mean? Do you want to give us a quick rundown? It means 
taking people for slavery on in ice. a big batch of people and taking them for like you know kitchen staff in the antarctica or like you know cleaning your toilets in mars that kind of stuff interesting oh. so anyway enough of this <laughs> <laughs> where oh i did have something else i was gonna say now i've lost my train of thought oh yes i'd be we should we mention the new show launching next week? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. We'd be remiss if we didn't Yeah, because this is coming out Friday and we're launching next week. This is coming week, out so. Friday, and as of Monday, our new podcast venture will be live slash online community. So I guess we'll do a little commercial for it on our show, the first ever Grimerica commercial. It's for 13questionspodcast.com, yep. which is coming soon, coming Monday. It's a bunch of questions from a bunch of people, a bunch of men mostly, talking about how to be a better person or their experiences anyway on yeah. growth and stuff like that. And it comes with uh, like a little community with courses and all sorts of fun stuff like that for members. So that'll launch Monday. Look for it. Uh, just look for it. Should be in the iTunes store and everything by Monday. Yeah, we got a bunch of episodes Spotify, recorded. All that stuff. We've recorded and, yeah. a bunch of episodes. We got Duncan Trussell, Pat Militech. Superman, Nikki the Dude, Dave Matheson, ton of people. Yeah. Great show. Yeah. You're doing another one this weekend? Yeah, I'm doing a couple recordings this weekend, yeah. I think eventually Graham and I will do them as well. So, mostly Graham. Anyway, enjoy the chat. Hesher. Spore. I don't even know who Herschel is. For sure, you said. For sure, whatever. <laughs> Enjoy the chat. It's a great one. They're great people. That was lovely. It's funny we even got to the health and everything, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a great chat. Enjoy. Spore and Hesher of the Boiler Room with us from Alternate Current Radio. It's so nice to have you guys on the show. Thanks. I've been listening lots and uh, I love what you guys are doing and thanks for joining us. Hey, all right. Thanks for here. having us. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Man, I, I listened to your last one there. It was, it was one of my favorites. I always just start laughing when I got my earphones in. Luckily, usually <laughs> I'm in, you know, privacy of my own house, but usually when I'm walking around the city, I can, I can be seen giggling to myself. Yeah, house. that last one we had to. I had to give a little bit of a disclaimer because we were playing clips from the the Black Hebrew Israelites, and then those guys are just so over the top. Like, I don't even know. Like, I was actually playing a clip off of YouTube, and uh, Jay Dyer, our our uh, friend and and 
compadre there in the boiler room was simulcasting it and he was like i am muting this he's like i don't want to get my channel taken down and i'm thinking but i'm playing something off of youtube like there's a half hour of this stuff on youtube but i mean we'll probably get into that a little bit later you know that's the kind of thing that youtube will do to to take down fellow thought criminals and wrong thinkers and mean speakers you know as you could play something off a different youtube channel and they'll be like you know what that was very hateful and spiteful of you we're gonna give yeah. you a ding yeah, it's funny how it's only when it's one side, it seems, right now. Right. I I think, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, I was just shared the meme today of the Orwell. There's like, you know, they put the blue circles on everything in England, wherever famous people used to live. So they have the, the, the circle there. They put like this blue circle. It's probably like, I don't know, a two-foot circle. If someone says George Orwell lived here from like 1952 to whatever the fuck. And uh, there's like a security camera, like three feet away from it. <laughs> of course. The irony is lost on many people, I'm sure. But I wonder if the guy who actually took that picture even realized it at the time. Or the guy who installed the camera. I like to think the guy who installed the camera was just like, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, one can hope, but you just never know, you guys. People are so oblivious to it, you know? It's like... It's strange, too. It's a really strange um, situation because, you know, even just doing what we're doing, no matter how much we don't want to put our mugs on, you know, YouTube and social medias and whatever, like, we're just not going to get our messages out if we don't do that. So it's like you have to give up some of it to participate. And I mean, what's your other option? You're going to you're going to go live in a micro house in the woods somewhere and. You know, I mean, they're cracking down on that, too. They're not even going to let people, you know, be off grid anymore pretty soon. I mean, they're already, what was that sport? Like two years ago, we talked about some dude in Kentucky on the show who got uh, kicked off of his own land for being off grid because he, they said it wasn't safe, that he wasn't connected to the electrical grid or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a ton of situations that have come up like that where people are just really getting pounded for, um, you know, living off the grid, living authentically, not using the main sort of uh, routes of communication or working. You know, it's, it's just, it's, you know, you're, you're an outcast if you're not doing mainstream stuff and they are, they're really cracking down on that. So, um, it's, it's sad, but you really have to diversify at this point. I mean, Hesher and I have been doing podcasting for many years now, and it's like, all right, well, we need to, you know, we need to start YouTubing. But the fact is that we're likely to get shadow banned on YouTube for what we talk about. And we don't talk about anything bad or evil or mean or anything like that. We just have conversations about our thoughts, about things that are happening in the world. Um, but that's already being cracked down on. Our thoughts are are deemed as um, bad <laughs> to a lot of high society people that are shadow banning us on Twitter and Facebook and other venues. So, you know, we have ways to podcast now. We use Spreaker. We'd like to do YouTubing. We're, you know, are we going to be able to survive on YouTube? I don't know. Are we going to need to Twitch? I don't know. You know, it's like you really kind of like have to like, be an octopus if you want to get your information out there these days because you know patreon paypal all these different venues are just shutting people down for not really any good reasons yeah i agree 100 percent. and it might be getting worse i heard 
Adam Curry make a link to possibly this 5G rollout, which, I mean, you're talking about people getting off the grid. I mean, soon they're going to be, you know, everybody's going to have to be within that 5G radius probably. And, and uh, Apple may have shut down Alex. I mean, this is total speculation, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, the, when Alex Jones got shut down, it, was start, it started with Apple when, when that real deplatforming happened. And they're the ones that really need, need 5G to exist. And mm. uh, it's really interesting that, you know, if, you t- if you're talking about 5G, especially right now, like they're going to roll that thing out no matter what. No matter what happens, yeah. no matter what studies, like that has to come out for the next level of, of uh, integration here. Yeah. yeah, it's it's nuts, man. And they're not, you know, the anyone doing studies on that. Well, those studies are funded, you know, and that's you know, uh, kind of been a ongoing theme on Boiler Room is, you know, we we look at, we try to have a a, a nice uh, varied background of thinkers, you know. I mean, uh, a lot of radios shows and especially networks, you know, they get accused of being. Uh, echo chambers, you know, having people that all think the same way. And I think that's part of the great chemistry that we have on Boiler Room is, you know, we have a pretty varied set of thinkers, you know, we've got people with very opposite backgrounds and opposite theologies and different philosophies. But, you know, we all come together to discuss things like this, you know, and this is one of those, the 5G thing I'm I'm still trying to figure this out, you know. I mean, there's a lot of hype about it and it sounds like it's really scary in, you know, the way that it's going to just bake everybody with different frequencies, uh high frequencies, you know, microwave frequencies which we're already getting, you know. I mean, if if you walk past a uh, apartment complex in San Francisco or some big city, and you take a Geiger counter with you, just find the find the, the wall that has the grid of smart meters on it. And, you know, you can already, you know, look at that meter and see, oh, you know, crap, there's a lot of radiation, a dangerous amount of radiation coming off of just our, our power boxes here in the United States and, and all over the world now. And they've made it really hard for people to swap those out for analog ones. And there's really no reason... You know, there's no uh, benefit to your power, your home, or anything to have a smart meter versus an analog meter. Uh, the only benefit comes to the digital realm. You know, you can maybe maybe you can log into some interface and see you know what your refrigerator is using versus something else. But I mean, is that really a good trade-off for the person that lives in the apartment that has? 15 smart meters on the wall, you know, and, and they're sitting there growing a tail and getting, <laughs> I'm not being literal here, but maybe, you know what I mean? Like we've seen uh, birth defects and um, chronic headaches and all kinds of negative effects from, you know, certain people that are more sensitive to those things, having them on their walls. So now we're talking about baking the whole planet in in you know similar frequencies even even higher frequencies so you know that's that's scary stuff and it's going to make it so that you can't even you know be that person that goes and lives in the woods off grid and and not be affected by this stuff yeah especially when you know that the proper studies haven't really been done i mean it's just like it's just like big pharma stuff and vaccines they they don't even some of the food i mean they don't really study it properly before the rollout I'm an Indian, so I think I'll always have the option to go live in the bush. 
Do we, do we have 5G? Like, you know how the States hasn't really rolled 4G. out 5Gs, right? But you know in our, don't we have the option of 5G in some locations? Or why does it give us that in the Wi-Fi thing? Like, it says 5G. Is it just... You don't have 5G yet. It's not, that's what I thought. That's but, different. But it's a that's different your, connection. That's your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Maybe your Wi-Fi is 5G, and I don't know. That's a gigahertz thing. I don't know if the. I don't know if that's how... No, it is Wi-Fi. It's going to be Wi-Fi. It's the 2.4 and the 5 on your on your wireless. I, I think that's yeah. Someone else could speak to that better than I. But I mean, you know, when did when did Apple pull that deplatform and shit on Jones? Oh boy, that was like last fall. Wasn't yeah, it? October, because you know it's interesting. Like, like, like if you look at like October, November, December of Apple's like shareholders options, th- those motherfuckers have lost a half a trillion dollars of shareholder money in four months. So, you know, no one's talking about that. You know why no one's talking about that? Because everyone's talking about Apple and Alex Jones. So, I mean, when I see these little weird, I can't even, now I'm going to have to pull that up and confirm it. But um, I was reading that. I want to say it was Forbes. Um, Yeah, that was recent. uh, People were talking about it last week. I mean, I I was listening to the No Agenda guys, and they spin it off as, they. uh, who was I listening to that was saying it's all about sex? And it's some some <laughs> some homosexual sex thing that's going on, and Tim Cook's involved. But I mean, when I see the Apple shareholders losing a half a trillion dollars in three or four months, I mean, maybe I think it was, Alex I think, Jones I, could become just a smokescreen for that, right? Like, where's he going to sit now? I'm never going to find this. So I don't know. the The weird thing to me is we we talk we. T- try not to get too negative here and we have a bit of a different view. Like we're trying to talk about solutions and stuff as well. And, and, uh, but I, I feel like it's, they're doubling down now and I feel like it's getting that much worse. I mean, we, we, we were talking about YouTube a little bit at the beginning, but now they've come out and officially said they're going to, you know, not, uh, what, how did they word it? Not forward or not basically recommend your conspiracy type videos. It was, and, it was <clears throat> total. The way that they worded it was complete. Um, bull honky, for lack of better terms. But they basically said that they can ban your YouTube video for any reason. It doesn't even have to do with your the terms and conditions. Or, I mean, they they did specifically say conspiracy theories. But what it comes down to is they can ban anything they don't like. Yeah, that's all yeah. it is. Yeah. So it started in in late 2017, I think, was when the uh, ad apocalypse as it was called, happened, and that was when they started demonetizing everybody's videos, So, uh, and they started bringing in a lot of big advertisers, and they launched YouTube Red, you know, because people are leaving television, let's face it. People are bailing out on television, cable TV. Nobody wants that anymore. You know, that is becoming an older and older crowd. It's more of the boomer crowd that, you know, is attached to DirecTV or Comcast or, you know, whatever they're their satellite or, you know, network provider is, and people are flooding to YouTube. I mean, you talk to anyone between the, you know, anyone old enough to, to pick up their, their mom or dad's smartphone to people our age, you know, people in their thirties and forties, even fifties. And a vast majority of them are watching YouTube and discovering that, Hey, there's this platform that's been here since what, 2009, and, um, you know, YouTube, if you're out there listening, you, you really need to take a hard think about this because this is a platform that was built on the blood, sweat, tears, and creativity of everyday fucking people, normal people showing parts of their lives, 
talking about things they're interested in, teaching people to do stuff that was, you know, formerly they would have to go pay someone and sit through classes to figure out how to do um, anything. I mean, anything, you know, it, it, Graham, if we were out camping and you fell and, and hit your head, I might be able to pull up my smartphone and figure out how to stitch your broken yeah, skull up exactly. on freaking YouTube. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. But YouTube has built this giant platform. Everybody is there. And now YouTube says, okay, we've pulled everybody in. We've taken you, the creative folks, and you, the folks that are walking away from your, your television programming. And we now have billions of videos and millions and millions of videos being uploaded every minute. And hey, there's here we go. You know, you go talk to an advertiser. Advertisers are like, great. Yeah, let's make a specific, let's make a Hollywood style YouTube video. And now you've got big stars, you know, Hollywood elite like uh, Will Smith. And he's out there on YouTube vlogging, you know, doing his best to compete with just some dude like Casey Neistat or someone who has, um, you know, a, a YouTube following like Hollywood is actually having to conform to YouTube, but YouTube is just sitting there with the door wide open saying, yeah, come on in. You know, we'll, we'll charge people for this YouTube bread. You can, you can do, uh, you can watch Cobra Kai, you know, special show made for YouTube only. And in the meantime, they're taking all those people that built this platform for them and brought all these people here and saying, you know what? Screw you guys. Um, you're too edgy. You're too conspiratorial. So it started with the adpocalypse. They started um, taking people's ad revenues away for videos that you know aren't fitting into the mainstream, videos that they can't monetize when NBC or some big production house is is um, doing their advertising. You know they can't. Sorry, we can't monetize that. And then it became, um, and then it went to the Alex Jones thing that happened last year. And now, uh, you know, a lot of people were deplatformed. Uh, there's there's a number of them. There was like 11 originally, and now a whole bunch more. And Facebook did it um, in in concert with them. Spotify did it. Uh, Apple did it. And you know, it makes it almost impossible to not think that these people are working in um, in cahoots together to to deplatform people. And now, just this uh, January the 25th, the New York Times is is putting out that YouTube moves to make conspiracy videos harder to find. So if we want to have a discussion about um, you know the Las Vegas shooting or uh, uh, misreporting in the mainstream media about ISIS or Syria or 9-11, then our shows, according to what I'm reading here, um, contain borderline content that misinform users in a harmful way, um, even if they don't violate the community guidelines, uh, they may still be allowed to exist on YouTube, but they won't be elevated into the trending or onto the sidebar. They'll be memory hold, and only us little conspiracy guys and gals will be able to find them by knowing who we like <laughs> and following who we like and, and all that shit. So to the listeners out there and viewers, it becomes important more so than ever now to click on that subscribe button at Grimerica or wherever you like and the notification bell because it's not going to show up in your sidebar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not going to be there automatically. And in the meantime, you've got Buzzfeed and CNN and whoever else that can lie through their teeth and then come up with some lame retraction if, if at all. And, and then nothing, nothing happens, you know, they can just get away right. with all that. 
it's unbelievable that the the hypocrisy that's going on. And we want to talk about some kind of evidence based theory on you know a conspiracy. It's unbelievable right now. Conspiracies yeah, it's are a motherfucker. Well, I was saying the lot just the other day we should you know someone should be crowd. I mean I can't do it. I'm too busy. But somebody out there should be, if some motherfucker can get $20 million GoFundMe in a couple of weeks for a wall, um, I don't know what he's going to do with that money. But anyway, <laughs> I don't see why someone can't whip up, uh, you know, 10, 15, $20 million for, yeah, I think you need 50 million to really start something. But I mean, if you get 50 million together, I think you could take a real shot at fucking YouTube. You know, DTube and what's, I can't remember what, BitChute. BitChute, those things are just kind of slow. They don't really work that well because it's all free. And I think that's part of the problem. Um, Steam it is another one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit costs money. No one likes to talk about it. YouTube, yeah, it's free. That And it's about to fuck people over. It's free. We should have seen it coming. Um, you know, if I was YouTube or I think if you want to do a YouTube competition, you got to, you got to, you got to charge people. Not to view, but to upload, you know, like we pay, you know, a hundred bucks a month to host our audio on Libsyn, you know, and I would probably do the same on YouTube if it would mean that there wouldn't be, you know, a half a million videos of people playing video games or doing whatever the fuck, you know, weird shit, people in superhero costumes playing with toys in the bathtub, trying to get kids to watch it. (laughs) None of these people are going to pay 50 or a hundred dollars a month for a service. So I don't know. Someone out there. Get $50 million together and make a new YouTube, please. And yeah, then, the, you know, we could get a couple of some big shows, some big names to jump on board, and, you know, you could really get something going. Yeah, but the problem goes deeper than that, because regardless of what kind of platform you have, you need a, a, a method or a, a way to, to have people donate and, and pay, right? And, and you, you, you know, in that history of the deplatforming, you didn't even mention the, the Patreon debacle, which to yeah. me is, is a complete joke that um, is really stemming from Visa and MasterCard, or at least MasterCard, I think, saying, no, like, we don't want these guys on your platform. So so they're the ones running the global, the global credit card and the global, you know, money flow from all of us trying to, to help, you know, to send each other money. So regardless of whether it's PayPal, I mean, we've had problems with PayPal too, whether it's PayPal or Patreon or whatever, they're, they're beholden to who knows... Uh, Somebody up there with whatever ideology that could just, you know, tell us that what we're uh, saying is not allowed. He's got it's a, it's, ducking and it's weaving. The, <clears throat> sorry, is it? It's the uh, it's the sort of octopus behind the curtain. They're going to get you any way that they can, and whether that be taking down your website because you're using a website server that they don't want your information on or if it's youtube or if it's on your podcast or if it's how you get paid you know they're they're out there with these like it's like a web of it's like they're closing in on us all and it's really scary because it's really um you know it's it's to the point where we are in this orwellian world where we don't have freedom of speech speech or expression anymore unless yeah, you know, unless unless you're saying it's okay to punch somebody in the face yeah, somebody that you don't right. like now inciting violence for some reason is okay if it's right. a certain way i mean that's mm-hmm. the most mind-blowing thing like i mean to me there's no excuse for any advocation of violence at all i mean that's where the line should be drawn is is any kind of uh violence i mean it's just it's just How ridiculous many injured a couple people in soccer in the last couple of weeks <laughs> 
You know what the, uh, you know what a great example that ties what Spore said and what Graham said together is Gab. Everybody was so mad that Twitter said, no, Alex Jones, you can't be here. I don't know if that's still the case with Jones. There's so many mirror accounts. I can't tell what's what Infowars still has a great reach, but uh, they took some characters like Laura Loomer offline, uh, you know, a number of people taken offline off of Twitter and Gab comes through and they say, Hey, we, uh, you know, regardless of the politics of the CEO of Gab, they say, well, we're, we're going to respect people's free speech. You know, you can come to Gab and you can say whatever you want. And lo and behold, what happens then is, uh, Microsoft who runs a, uh, what I would call an infrastructure platform called Azure. I don't remember if that's single sign-on or, or what it is, but it's it's a piece of the stack that you would need. Um, to to Darren's idea there, you know, like hey, if uh, like we've interviewed John McAfee before, that guy is pulling in like I'm I'm spitballing, I'm guessing this is post Bitcoin last crash. He's got Bitcoin farms. He's got entire facilities pulling in you know, mining bitcoins, who knows, that guy could be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. Let's just hypothetically say, you know, John McAfee says, hey, you know, he watches this and he says, hey, alternate current radio, Grime America, I like what you guys are doing. I like what you're saying. I'm going to fund you. Here's $6 million. Go out and build yourself an infrastructure, buy yourself a server farm, uh, you know, do what you got to do to compete with Twitter and YouTube. You know, we could do that. We could take that money. We could go out. We could sign up for all these services. We could build this big fucking thing. And then all of a sudden, some troll comes in there. Not even a troll. Could be an organic user. Could be someone from George Soros Open Society on a sock puppet account comes in and and posts the the Nazi pug or something like that, you know, yeah. or, or makes some, some Nazi comment or some hate speech or whatever. And all of a sudden, some some company like Microsoft can come through and say, hey, you know what? We're going to cancel your Azure account. Uh, you can't have single sign-on anymore. And and there you go. You've lost your whole, your whole alt, you know, alternative. Your whole, um, you know, th- your thing that your your David Goliath situation, your IT David Goliath situation that you're trying to create with YouTube. You know, and and that's essentially what happened to Gab. And we've seen that happen to a lot of people, like you said, via PayPal, via Patreon. And it's like. It's really scary because it's like once someone gets enough of an audience, uh, all it takes is one. Per- I mean, one person on Gab said something mean, okay? And like you just pointed out, Graham, there are people all over Twitter. Like we just covered the the Covington debacle. There's people on Twitter, mainstream people, CNN reporters, Disney producers, saying shit like. Let's lock all these 16-year-olds in a school and burn it down. Let's shoot them. You know, they're saying stuff like this. And, you know, Microsoft doesn't threaten to take Twitter offline, but someone goes, some, you know, stupid idiot on Gab that has, you know, no followers says something that's, you know, mean speak. And the whole platform gets threatened to be taken down or is taken down. Yep. That's a great example because that's what, that's kind of one of the things I argue here is that it's, it, it without the free speech ability you're open to people just coming into your platform and and doxing you or harassing you or, or hoaxing you or whatever and that enable that enables somebody to just shut the trigger off and you know pull you down it's unbelievable right. but maybe you should have to register then you know maybe to, maybe to, someone makes me a platform where you got to register with your with an id or something you know you have to have your fucking face on it 
You can't just mm-hmm. be Johnny one, two, three, sixty nine, sixty nine. <laughs> says you're a cuck. <laughs> right. I, I have mixed feelings about that too, though. I do too. Like- I do too. I don't think you'd have to do that. But I mean, if if we can't handle the, if we can't handle all this freedom, you know, it's fucked mm-hmm. up. It's a terrible thing to talk about. It's it's a, it is. It's a tough conversation to have because it's. Yeah, I agree. You know, I can see. I was also just saying before that, but that you've got the problem. Um, our our producer Brody mentioned how you know. Or someone was, I can't remember. Someone mentioned how television has content that's harsher than YouTube has these days, and they can still get advertisers. And I was like, well, those advertisers know exactly what they're advertising on. They're going to Sons of Anarchy to advertise on Sons of Anarchy. YouTube's trying to apply this blanket advertising sort of thing that anyone can sort of press a button and turn it on. And it's just, it's just, it it can't work. How you, when you just have random people being able to hit a button, and say, I have now we're throwing ads on it, and now all of a sudden, you know, it's whatever's ads on whoever's movie. I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't want to give an example, but I can't think of one right now. But <laughs> you know, well, I got I, one. I, um, we watch a lot of Netflix. It's one of the places that we kind of keep an eye on the the zeitgeist, you know, the media zeitgeist, because that's let's face it, people are on YouTube and Netflix mostly. And we have been seeing, like, you can watch a show even, like, with old people, like, a, a bunch of old people on it, and they push, what do they push for? They push... They push pharmaceuticals, alcoholism, they push um, marijuana smoking, which, I mean, a lot of these things I don't have problems with, but the way that they push it is crazy. Um, they, antidepressants... Um, abusing um stealing other people's prescription drugs crushing them up and snorting them mm-hmm. uh, but i think with all that stuff i think graham you mentioned shows recently how you have been watching shameless for years i think it was oh. the one that you were on with jay yeah jay. Yeah, yeah yeah that's a perfect and example now so we we have uh Gosh, I don't even know how to describe it, but we when when Hesher and I watch television, it's like it's always kind of a disappointment because of what we see through the propaganda that we're exactly. pushing. They're pushing on us. And shameless, we actually tried that out maybe like six months to a year ago, and it was just like we immediately shut it down because there was so much overt push of the sort of um, the, the other things that they push in addition to all the 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 drug usage, um, alcohol consumption, um, prison life, somehow super cool these days. There's like a lot of Netflix shows about how cool it is to be in prison. I mean, it's like this really uh, gnarly side of life that they're trying to promote to the general public as being cool. And, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm no purist. I'm not like, trying to say I don't drink or don't smoke weed or anything like that. You know, I like to have fun too, but like the way that they push this as like, you know, this is just what people do. You steal your, you know, your mom's prescription (laughs) anti-anxiety pills or your Adderall or your, you know, whatever. And like, and then, you know, go to work and do an excellent day of work. And then your life's awesome. It's just really bizarre. Well, what season did you guys get to? Because I noticed a real shift in the last two or three seasons. Like literally, I'm so out of the loop on all this. Literally, stuff. you know, they're bringing out uh, you know white racist pedophile uh, 
politicians that are uh, named, uh, what was his name again? Mo White, you know, Mo White. <laughs> and I mean, and it, it's funny on a lot of levels, but it's just, they take it just to the point where you're like, you're really just trying to make a reference here to Trump or whatever. I mean, they're, they're really, uh, it's just, it's, and, and we've, we've learned from the No Agenda show as well. There's this, the Lear Foundation. I don't know if you guys have ever looked into what the Lear Foundation has, has they've changed hundreds and they've, um, hundreds of scripts from TV shows and movies, and they've they're funded by um, some of it's funded by the government actually, and mm-hmm. I think uh, and some other NGOs, and and they basically just push all this narrative into these shows, you yeah. know, and and it's really it's it's really controlling the the uh, yeah the the uh, the social outlook of things and. And but I so I don't know if you guys saw that part of Shameless, but it really did shift uh, over the last few years. Like the first six or seven seasons were pretty funny, and I could you know I try to take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt. It's supposed to be shameless, right? I mean that's what the thing's called. <laughs> but then I think it shifted. Uh, yeah, twenty sixteen something like that. Yeah, well, funny. I, don't, I don't think we even got through the first season. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we made it to yeah. episode yeah. three. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? Yeah. What you're talking about is pervasive through the majority of Netflix shows, like. Mm. You, especially shows that were pre-2016 and have gone into post-2016, like, just like you're pointing out with Shameless, you can see, like, the the pre-Trump propaganda is sort of just like, um, let's portray white people as white trash, let's, you know, focus on uh, the alcoholism and the debauchery and the, like, you know, non-normal family just kind of the stuff you expect. But then in that post 2016, 2017 era, you'll see them start to sneak in all the, you know, the Nazi stuff. Like we watched uh, the recent show with uh, Drew Barrymore where she turns into a zombie and they just could not, it was a stupid show, you know, but we were like, we just want something easy to watch. And they could not get through like the first season without making her, she's like the ethical zombie, so they couldn't get through that season without her having to find the local alt-right Nazi chapter. Of course, they have to mix those together and eat the the Nazi guys in her town. Like like, there's some alt-right Nazi chapter in Santa Monica or wherever the hell you know that show is supposed to be, and you can find that across the shows. You can even find it in the comedies, and that's what is I find extra disturbing is the comedy shows the majority of them have all this political agenda built into them. And it's like, yeah, you know, politics have always been a part of comedy. And I think part of what made comedy fun and, and same with racial and sexual stuff. Like you look back to Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy in their heyday, some of the funniest shit those guys did was clowning on racial differences, sexual differences, gay stuff. And and none of it was done out of hatred, and everybody in the audience thought it was funny. And now comedians can't do that anymore. It has stifled the entire genre. They have to crucify people now like instead, Louis C.K. Like signal on each other, those motherfuckers. Yeah, mm-hmm. podcasters so are the new fucking comedians. Yep, it's gotten really bad. It's destroyed comedy. Um, you know, and then you've got. Uh, comedians that I've gone and seen live and respected, like Joe Rogan, uh, you know, most popular podcaster on the planet, probably. He's turning into, as someone pointed out on Boiler Room last week, the Oprah of podcasting and like pushing a lot of these uh, 
a lot of these agendas too, you know, like he really pushes, um, doesn't really call it as such, but I've seen him really pushing fourth wave feminism, um, you know, shitting on, on conspiracy people, uh, given he's, you know, really kind of muddied those waters by having Alex Jones on and getting him high out of his mind and, you know, having whatever discussions they had, but it's, uh, it's a mess. And, and comedy, I think is one of the best uh, examples of that on Netflix, because a lot of that shit just is not funny. Like you can find so many stand-up comedy specials where at least a section, if not an entire show is based on Trump hatred and, uh, you know, all this whipped up sexual stuff and gay stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over Netflix. And in addition to that, I just want to kind of dovetail on that is that I think Graham, you mentioned that, uh, they're like kind of like doing some sort of pedophile stuff on shameless recently. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if you guys have checked out, uh, you know, we check out the new shows, like when they pop up on Netflix and there's a new one, I think it was called, uh, sex ed- education or something like that. Yeah. It, that like British show. Yeah. And it has, mm-hmm. um, what's her name from Scully. on it yeah but it's like i mean the opening scene for that show is teenagers having sex fucking like it was like like you turn the show on and that's what this whole show is about is about teenagers having sex which obviously that happens and stuff but like why is that like um being promoted on netflix as like good entertainment is you know talking about the size of this guy's member in him having sex with this girl and then showing I mean, that's teenage stat- sex is like, it's still children, you know, it's just really weird the way it's being pushed out there. Like, um, like we should all be a fan of like watching this and, and it should be completely acceptable to yes. watch children have sex. <laughs> it's never a bad idea. Cancel your cable and your Netflix. The last I, I actually watched uh I did I've watched a couple movies in the last few weeks. I watched two Mary Poppins and the Sound of oh. Music. What did you think about the new Mary Poppins? Oh, it was wonderful. It was magical, wasn't it? It, uh, was, like- it was. It was. I how can you not love Mary Poppins? I, I, I hadn't seen the old one really before. I wasn't you know what it is, I wasn't even really that into it. But my daughters just loved it so much. I had to do. You just have to love it. They're like my kids are still running around singing like Jim Jiminy. So we watched the <laughs> we watched the new one, and then we had to watch the old one, and then we watched Sound of Music. You know that motherfucker's three hours long. Sound of Music. Oh my god! It is dry. Yeah. It's fucking dry. I recall. That shit it's is dry. Pretty, Mary Poppins is way better than Sound of Music for the record. Did, did you see Aquaman? I did. No, that's Mary Poppins was the first movie I've seen in a long, long time. I thought Aquaman was a, a something worth taking your children to the theater for. I thought it was a cinematographically beautiful film. Like, it was a uh, epic. They didn't really push any agendas either. It was just well, pretty well done. Aqua, uh, there was a little bit. I mean, the yeah, I suppose like the whole a bit of the fun. whole black budget military industrial complex UFO the USO thing. I love that and the. The whole Atlantis right. thing, and yeah, you know, having the they had to have the military guys in there flying around in their in their uh, secret craft. Oh, you right? know what one was great? What about Doctor Strange or whatever that one was called? That was awesome. That movie was fan fucking tastic. <laughs> was, was there the any hidden stuff in there? I've ever seen. Was there hidden stuff in that? Not did that I, I get, remember. Did I get taken? 
We'd have to see if Jay Dyer did a little rundown yeah. on that. Oh, Jay did do an analysis on that one. I'm, I'm sure he's turning red right now. And oh, going, yes, yeah, there is. See my video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Degenerate pot smoking gray American fucking. Yeah, I could just imagine. Yeah, I agree, though. I like Doctor Strange. I have, I have very mixed uh, emotions about Marvel movies in general because um, I was actually reading comics, I guess, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Decline a call here. Get out of here. not me, I hope. That was me. Sorry about that. Um, but I actually was reading these these ones. I went through a phase in like between 2005 and nine, maybe, when I was reading things like Marvel's Civil War and, and uh, the Iron Man books. Uh-oh. We lost you for a second. We're back. We've lost you. We lost you right at Iron Man books. Yeah, I saw it freeze after that call. But uh, yeah, I actually read all that stuff, and then you know, this—it just so happens this turns out to be the the storylines that Marvel rebooted into for their, um, you know, their series of movies right now. And I stopped reading Marvel right around the time the movies started coming out, probably, and you know, before they were sold to Disney. And you look at what they're doing now, and it's it's crap. I mean, it's total garbage. They're like changing the genders of all the characters, and they're they're. Uh, I mean, we have a a friend through Jay Dyer of uh, Boiler Room who was in the comic industry, and not able to survive in the comic industry because they started bringing all the politics in, and they started firing a lot of people, and you know, hiring different people. They brought in. Uh, a lot of women and a lot of different uh, what appeared to be diversity hires and, you know, nothing against women. I'm sure there's plenty of good women writers and creatives and inkers and, uh, you know, uh, artists out there. But they started approaching it at more of a diversity level where it was, you know, uh, not people weren't being hired based on their uh, their talent and their back background, but they're being hired based on their gender, their sex, their ethnicity, whatever, or their politic. Most importantly, their politics. So um, I maintain that, you know, this and there's a lot of people that hate the new Marvel movies. They're not even new anymore. They've been doing this thing for like, what, 10 years now or something. And they're kind of reaching an apex of that era of their stuff. But uh, it's going to get really bad because the source material, they had decent source material for all that. And that is all gone now because who's actually writing for them and, you know, what they're doing with their, their new weeklies and monthlies, they're not going to have near the same, um, you know, kind of hero journeys that they can take people on anymore. And if you want a good example of that, you can watch, uh, Oh, what was it called? There's some like new mutants show on, on Hulu, I believe. And it's like, it starts off with like an eyes wide shut sort of ceremony. And it's like all these, you know, mutant kids of, you know, crazy globalist scumbags. And it's just, you know, it's all like LGBT based and it's got all this identity politic in it and and no more story to it. So, I mean, if you're out there enjoying those Marvel movies now, you better soak it up because the source material for this stuff is gone. And like you can use the latest uh, Avengers series, the one with Thanos um, as as an example, because there was the meme going around that Thanos was right. There was a hashtag. Uh, Thanos was right. Half the population of the entire universe needs to be killed and just disappeared like this. 
And that relates to that directly correlates to UN Agenda 21, 2030, and the psychological operation that has been laid upon everybody over the last 30 years that there's not enough room on the planet for everyone, there's not enough food on the planet for everyone, that humans are a virus in tennis shoes, and uh, which is all just not true. You know, that is that's psychological operation to take people into a anti-family mode to take people away from wanting to have children, wanting to have meaningful relationships. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind that. And that wasn't the case with Thanos in those books. Thanos in those books was a crazy fucking psychopath that just wanted to kill tons of people. He didn't have this UN agenda thing where it's like, he's, he's, he seems like kind of a nice bad guy. You know, he's like, well, he's kind of a nice bad guy. He's going to kill half the people I know, but it's for the good of the universe. It's the, for the good of the planet. Let's put the animals and the trees and the planet and everything above actual human beings. Let's all just go out and, and do, do gay stuff and not have families and, you know, go out and eat GMOs and try to get ourselves sterilized because, you know, people are awful. And if we could just have this super space alien come in and snap his fingers and take half of us away, that would be fucking great. They could start with Graham. He's been wanting to go to Mars for I'll be a while. That half. I'd rather just see what it's like to be dead anyways. No, not dead. I don't want you dead. I want you I want you on Mars. <laughs> with a connection. We'll have to work was it like a forty second delay to Mars? That's gonna be hard to listen to. Oh yeah, they're doubling down on all that stuff. The global warming, the vaccines, like everything is becoming very, very polarized. And we got Dell Big Tree next. Yeah, we have the vaccine I show would next. I'd fucking and... love to have John McAfee on someday if he could make that happen. That'd be <laughs> fucking amazing. Well, I tell you what, I'm thinking about seeing if I can pull him in um, soon for a boiler room, and if I can, I'll um, I'll, I'll get in his ear and and get him your contact information. Um, we ended up getting him on a, on a whim. We had a guest uh, call him <laughs> in the middle of a show. I didn't even know he was calling him. He like forgot to mute while he was calling him too. It was our friend Stuart, and Stuart was like, you know, I hear him having this phone call in the background. I'm like, dude, mute your your mic, man. What are you doing? I'm trying to do a podcast here and. He's like, oh, I got John McAfee on the line. I'm like, what? <laughs> How'd you do that? And he's like, I found his number and just called it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So John's an interesting character. Are you guys following what's going on with him lately? The last I seen was a picture of him on a drunken boat. I oh, think. you haven't seen the Netflix documentary? It was. It's a, apparently a Showtime documentary. It's on Netflix now. It is. It's called Gringo. Yeah, you guys have got to see this. And We're I mean, all supposed to hate racism, but there's Netflix putting <laughs> putting in a video called Gringo. It is outrageous. <laughs> I mean, they have. I mean, they have like. Um, okay, so I think it's kind of like publicly known, and he doesn't deny it. But he had like a harem of women, you know, kind of hookers, young young chicks that he lived with that he paid to have be with him, and he admits that. Um, but man, there, there's some things that, um, are said in this documentary where you're just like, what, like, are you seriously saying this right now? And there's a, um, very, very long rebuttal from John. Um, I think it's, I think it was like, I have the link. I'll send it to you guys. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, and basically, I mean, his response to this film is that, these people were paid to say certain things and you know, they're, they're living in a very, very poor country and they're, you know, they're 
people that have been paid to have sex with him. I mean, they're they're willing to do things for money, you know, and they're it's a uh, prostitutes and gangsters basically that are being interviewed in this film, and I'm I'm kind of shocked that this is even out there because I thought there was like a, a point in time where this would be considered slander. Like, was that is that libel or something? Yeah. Yeah, like there's not does that not exist anymore? I mean, these things that I mean, they're saying that he had like created a hammock where he cut a hole out of the the bottom of it so that he could poop in all the girls' mouths. No other I way mean, around. So the girl could lay oh, in the wait, hammock. Sorry. Yeah, he would then, lay under the hammock. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> just insane. And then Is um Is that a Cleveland you, steamer? No, I think that would be well, I guess it would be if it was landed directly on his chest, chest. if I recall. <laughs> My disgusting coprophilia <laughs> knowledge. I <laughs> uh, bit. I can't believe you took it. If you've heard our icebreakers, you know we're interested in all things strange, and uh, that's been that way my whole life. So, <laughs> so what did McCaffrey was... What did McAfee do to deserve all this? Like he must have, because he was getting into some controversy a couple of years ago, and that could be when this started he's in all kinds of controversy and and issues oh yeah i mean he's just a fucking unhinged i was one of his tweets was like he he's like i don't even take my gun off for sex (laughs) yeah what he said in his rebuttal was that he had this microbiologist female that um he had moved out to belize with him and or it was called the orange something Part of, I think it was part of Belize. Uh, the Carmelita Village in Belize. And this movie was produced by Jeff Wise. Uh-huh. And uh, Jeff Wise ended up in a relationship with this Allison Ad- Adonizo, who she's referring to right there. Um, and things, according to John, things went bad in, in that relationship with him and Jeff. And uh, Jeff started this this uh, character assassination campaign against him and she was in on that and then they bought off everyone else that was interviewed in the video and he makes the really good point that you know this this uh, Carmelita village in Belize like they the um, average income for someone there is like uh, is, it's like twelve dollars a day or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, it's like shithole country sort of talk. You know, you get into the, like uh, some Trump speak here, but it's really bad. And <clears throat> uh, yeah, so it's like really he even says in, in this rebuttal that, you know, there's some of these people that were interviewed in there that he were like considers friends and they called him up and they're like, hey, you know, sorry I had to say all that, but they just gave me three years salary. So I say whatever they want me to oh say. Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> So he's got that going on and it's crazy because, you know, that's one of those things where Netflix, they are, they're worldwide. You got to remember. So people in other countries are, are, if they have interest in what's going on here, they see that John McAfee is uh, trying again to be the libertarian candidate for the 2020 election. And they go and they see that in their Netflix and it's like, Oh, this guy's crazy. He wants people to crap in his mouth, and he may have murdered two people, you know. And there's, there's the <laughs> Belizean have, government. He may have is, murdered uh, some people. Yeah, that's their thing. The Belizean government is. Um, he says that they're the ones that are um, trying to do a hit on him. He's been attacked several times. 
he's been poisoned. You know, all this um, allegedly from him coming from him. And we've seen, you know, pictures of him in his uh, safe house on a hospital bed looking really rough. Um, he's got footage of, you know, people trying to harm him. And now the IRS is after him. So he's left the country and he's doing a presidential campaign from his boat. <laughs> That's right. The picture I seen was from the boat. Yeah. yeah. I actually, we have our friend of the show, Carl Joseph DeMarco, says he has a mutual friend with uh, McAfee who uh, was with him, who knew him in Belize and said, confirms McAfee's side of the story. And also says that the murder McAfee was accused of was actually a botched hit on McAfee. Oh, wow. wow. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, he was the dude's neighbor, and they had such a, a minor dispute. The minor dispute was over dog noise. You know, I don't know how things roll in Belize, but uh, killing people over dog noise or an aggressive dog seems a little much to when me. When you could even just in buy them out. Like yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I trust well, they, Carl, they too, so. There you go. They did a good job in that documentary to really demonize him. I mean, you know, if I hadn't had the wherewithal to consider, like, the opposite side of the situation, if I just watched that documentary, I'd be like, this guy's a freaking psycho. They show photos with all these girls that are willing to say that he's done all these terrible things. And then they also they also show the gangsters that say that, you know, that they were paid, you know, that they know of people that might have been paid to do things like kill people. I mean, it's just, it's so demonizing. And, you know, like I was saying before, it's like, how can they even put this out there? And then Netflix Showtime showed it first. It was a Showtime movie. And then it's a Netflix thing. And it's just, just character assassination straight up. And there's no confirmation or real legal terms for them to say this stuff. So I don't even understand how it, it's possible that they're putting this out there. They're doing the same thing with Roger Stone too. And this one's interesting because Roger Stone was just, just this that. week, yeah. right? Like he was just this week uh, under great fanfare arrested. They had two amphibious vehicles, Bearcats, 29 armed SWAT officers to go pick up this old dude this old dude who's got Nixon tattooed on his back and he's got a small dog and a wife. I mean, and he's admitted on, on air many times that he's not armed. He doesn't carry a weapon, anything like that. So, you know, what's, what's the deal with that? That's a whole other thing, but they have a documentary on there called get me Roger stone. I haven't even bothered to watch this one yet. I kind it's, of, I saw a little it. it's bit pretty bad. It. Yeah. It's yeah, a hit piece, bad. right? Like yeah. just another hit piece. Yeah. Same with the Trump documentary. So it's like, you know, these, we We've need got, a hit so, piece. I think hit pieces are good for business in the long run. Someone should make a Grand America hit piece, mostly focusing they, on Graham. Yeah, he's, that guy, shifty-looking mofo. I'm the one right with the full there. closet. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, this this kind of comes full circle to what we originally started talking about. It's like people like us, uh, just normal people who are doing our best to analyze what is being shown to us what's being fed to us we have a, a behemoth coming up against us we've got netflix shaping uh, netflix all these other streaming services and all of hollywood and the mass media cartel shaping people's opinions about conspiracy theories about foundations about corrupt politicians um 
and smearing people like us or shadow banning people like us, taking us offline, deplatforming us. This is a big deal that we're up against here. And it's now worldwide. Like, you know, people in in Slovakia are watching Netflix. People in Australia are watching Netflix. People in Russia are well, maybe Russia's smart enough to <laughs> close down Netflix. I don't know, but um, you know what I mean. It's it's a big deal, and like Spore was just hinting at, someone who says, "Oh, I hear John McAfee is running for president. I'm going to watch this thing on Netflix about him." They shut their mind down after they see that. They go, "Oh, that guy's a crazy loon who likes to have some, you know, little young girls crap in his mouth." Of course, he's not going to be president. And I mean, that's the level of twisted media sedition that we're up against and that was why we brought together the boiler room in the first place because ah. we were really really interested in um fake news before that was even a term really interested in propaganda really interested in um the blurry line between conspiracy research and conspiracy theory and also very interested in psychological operations that were happening within the media even within the alternative media that that we became interested in and, and brought us on the scene in the first place. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about is how long you've been doing it and what what got you into it. And you just answered that. And you've inspired us. I mean, I, I like I love your show and how you've got various people talking on your platform from various backgrounds, like you said. And and it just reminds me of some of the people that we, we have in our chats and that we talk to very, you know, fun and logical thinking and just and not hateful at all. Now we so have we, steam we room. yeah. So Darren is like, we're having a boiler room. Like you can't call it a boiler room, Darren. That, that's their show. And then so we came up with the steam <laughs> the steam room. So we're the, nice. we're the steam. That's, that's cool, awesome. man. Grams, that's really cool. Grams our local steam puff, so it works well. <laughs> if you're wondering what a steam puff is, it's the opposite of a snowflake, or it's like an alt right uh, snowflake. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like some, something okay. weird. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, that's. That's cool. You know, I, I really enjoy hearing that. And that's what I like because, you know, when when we came on the scene, it was, uh, I don't know, I guess it was 2010, 11, 12. It's kind of a gray zone for like, we started just as chat members in, in other people's um, programs and kind of became regulars, you know, like you guys have regulars in, in your chats and on your discord and all that stuff. And, you know, uh, people are interested and it's like, that's where the really cool conversations happen. Like, you know, people will bring on a guest, like, you know, I'll bring on John McAfee or something like that. And then conversations like you're talking about, someone will be like, yeah, I, I know someone who knows him and, or something like that. You know, these things come up. And for us, it was like, we met all these cool people in chat rooms and some were radio hosts and some were not. And we ended up just having like really cool Skype calls just to start with. And, you know, I used to work in a professional environment where I had to um, be involved with and host a lot of uh, conference calls. So to me, like having a Skype call with five or six people who are interested in the same thing, it was almost like uh, an analog to my work life. You know, like I'm already set up to like, you know, answer a call, start a call, uh, say, you know, what we're going to talk about. Uh, here's here's our top things. Go around the room, you know, uh, summary saved rounds like these are things you'll hear me say on boiler room often and it's just it's like almost work protocol to me and then to get interested in alternative media and conspiracy theories and news and politics and all that it just gelled you know it just gelled together and and we started saying you know what we 
we should be turning a stream on and broadcasting these conversations because we're just having them amongst, you know, five or six of us or a dozen of us or whatever our Skype group is. And it's like, Hey, this is a waste if we don't, you know, uh, let everyone else hear it. And, and we're not, we're not journalists. We have journalists that, that do other shows on our show, but we're not journalists. We're not looking to get jobs at anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, so to us, it's like, we should just go on and be ourselves and invite our friends that are interested in and, you know, see what we can analyze that's readily available out there. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how we ended up doing what we're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. You make it sound easy, but it is tricky. I mean, you do a really good job at just keeping it all on track and not talking over each other. I mean, when you get five or six people in a room like that chatting, it's difficult, but you guys really, you really make it smooth, so. Yeah, it is. It can be tricky. It's, uh, I'm always like in my head, I'm always kind of going, okay, is it, I need to pass the mic. I need to make sure this person's in there and make sure that yeah. person's in there. And after a show, I'm always like, you know, crap, did, did that person leave? Cause they were tired or did that person leave? Cause I didn't pass the talking stick. You know I mean? It's, it's, it's a lot harder, I think to, to manage a room full of people than it is just, you know, one-on-one -on -one interviews like you see on a lot of shows. Has that changed your view at all, Spore? Like how, since you guys have been actually formally doing this over the last five or so years, like has your view on things shifted or changed or? Um, I, you know, it's, I, I feel like the Hesher and I did like a certain amount of like investigation and research when we started to come across the different types of platforms that were talking about these sort of conspiracy type of things that we were becoming interested in. And of course I, I can't, help but say alex jones definitely opened me up to a lot of this stuff but there's like this whole sort of scene behind like the scenes where people are really digging into this sort of information and we were really back in in this like sort of kind of dark alley <laughs> or <laughs> i don't know how to call it um but you know we call we call our show i mean the, the people that listen to it the social rejects club because it's just not like the type of conversations you would have with, you know, I, I would have with my regular family members or people I grew up with. I, I've been very vocal about the fact that I was raised super liberal in California and my friends and family are very much that way. So this research that we did back in the day, I would say like 2010, 11 and 12 to get to where we're at now um, was kind of like the buildup for what we talk about mostly on Boiler Room, which Boiler Room started in 2014, I believe. Right, Hesh? Uh, well, we started ACR in summer of 14, and I believe we kicked off the Boiler Room in like early 15 or spring of 15, maybe. Okay. So, yeah, about three years ago. And, I mean, all this stuff that we've been researching and looking into has kind of like opened our eyes and into things that we were talking about like earlier on your show, like, like things that we see in shameless, that the really the kind of like agenda push of, um, the SJW, the, you know, encouraging of, um, kind of bad habits to the general population, like all this sort of stuff. My eyes had been opened back then. And that's kind of like what we've been talking about. Those sorts of things that we're seeing on a daily basis now, uh, in the news. And of course, we also talk a lot about, you know, just general conspiracies, you know, the trip to the moon, things like that, false flags, um, daily shooters, things like that. It's, it's all kind of like 
um, it's related. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. It all overlaps. But do you have any favorite overarching ones at all? Or not favorite, but, you know, ones that you're sort of resonate more with you that you're interested in? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super, I'm pretty, um, interested in 9-11. Um, I'm interested in all of the general, I mean, all of the sort of shootings that have been happening in the last few years that have really slowed down since Trump became president. I'm super, super interested in what's in our grocery stores. Um, you know, I know you guys talked recently about, cutting out sugar and grains or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm doing that now. And dairy. So, yeah. And dairy. Okay. So like, that's like, I think probably like the biggest thing that I'm really interested in is just trying to figure out how to eat like healthy foods that, you know, nourish Hesh and I like rather than putting junk into ourselves or, you know, buying buying stuff at the grocery store that's in those middle aisles or the frozen food aisles or, or going to fast food places. I feel like, um, I'm really passionate about the fact that I think that we're, that the, the pharmaceutical companies, the, uh, um, allopathic industry are working together to make a ton of money off of getting us sick. So I'm really passionate about working against that and, you know, making sure that we're eating whole foods, you know, vegetables, fruits, meats without antibiotics or hormones and um, not paying into that industry, the healthcare industry that is going to make a ton of money off of us if we're sick. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then we get to pay for it too in Canada on both ends. Yeah. yeah. Coming in going, hey, is that a, is that a, is that an EVRE 320 mic there, Hesh? It is. Yes. Sexy piece of equipment. <laughs> I love this microphone. It's like my fourth one. I've evolved up to the this one here, and it's been my favorite one so far. I have the same one, but black. Ooh, not, black's not, nice. Not gunmetal gray yep. over there. Yeah. <laughs> like guns. You can't go wrong with gunmetal gray or black. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Both great colors. You know, what Spore was just saying makes me think back to when we first got started, and for me, like, when we first got into this, we had much more of a sort of, uh, I don't know, like, like an overthrow sort of philosophy. Like, like at, things are so bad. We need to overthrow this, this fucking government. You know what I mean? Like we were just like, whatever the most like patriotic revolutionary, you know, broadcast is, that's the one that, that we want to be involved with, you know, and it was like, we were at the time susceptible to, uh, to sort of the, the right wing conspiracy theories, if you will. Um, I guess nowadays QAnon would be the closest thing to it where it's like, you know, okay, the Patriots and the government are, they're going to sweep this all away. You know, they're going to do the mass arrests. They're going to, you know, they're going to incarcerate Obama and Clinton and, you know, uh, drain the swamp before drain the swamp was uh, a bumper sticker slogan. Like that was sort of the, for me, the, the impetus to, to get into this. And, uh, we've been doing it long enough now that we've seen all those things, uh, fall away, you know, to the wayside and, and identified some of them even as being, uh, like anti-conspiracy conspiracies, like double reverse inverted, conspiracies and red herrings and you know things that 
um, are are not what you would think they are. Maybe not uh, introduced and supported by people uh, that are are trustworthy. And I think the years of doing this, like when we started our own show and started inviting all our friends, you know, like we've got some fantastic analysts and friends. We've got Randy J, Infidel Pharaoh, Funk Soul, Daniel Spaulding, Max, Jay Dyer, uh, Tristan Hager has been joining us the last couple of weeks as sort of our uh, health and wellness guru, among other things. Um, when when Boiler Room started, it was like we we took you know, groups of people like I just mentioned and some others that have gone their own way since. And we, we said, okay, let's talk about vaccines tonight. Let's talk about this political thing tonight. Let's talk about this conspiracy tonight. Let's do, you know, uh, uh, let's talk about this, uh, most recent, um, school shooting or, you know, whatever. And it was like over the years of doing that, we kind of came to a point where it was like, um, it just sort of naturally happened, but it was like, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're like an online, on-air, self-funded, listener-supported think tank that we hope opposes dangerous think tanks, foundations, NGOs, secret societies, and other corrupt entities. Um, but we do it with sort of a irreverent tone, you know, like it's it's no longer like, uh, you know, we're not like Alex Jones, you know, like, oh, folks, yeah, I'm, I was doing real good today. But then, you know, now globalists are coming after us again, folks. we got to take our country back. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be myself and put on that kind of persona being who I am and seeing what I've seen over all these years. It's it's like, OK, um, I'm more interested in having a real conversation with real people and encouraging our listeners and viewers to do that same thing really important factors doing your own research you know i we'll do analysis the best we can but we're you know we're not right all the time we're dealing with the same amount of information that everyone else has available to them so you know we encourage a good sense of humor um to being serious when it's being called for to be serious having you know the ability to take a bit of an irreverent um slant on some of these things and um you know because I mean, Facebook, for example, Facebook, I got this link right here. Let me see if I can find this thing. This is, uh, Facebook, um, has been doing mood manipulation experiments and, and this is, this has been out for a long time. You can find articles about this and it has to do with, uh, the way that the algorithm, your, your feed based on the kind of things that you search and that you watch. Um, the little emoticons instead of they took the just thumbs up away and now you can be mad or sad or, you know, laughing or whatever. Uh, they're actually doing uh, mood modification experiments with some of that stuff. And I feel like uh, the mainstream media is doing that. There's no doubt about that. We've proven that. And uh, the alternative media does that too. You know, as as much as Alex Jones has contributed to uh, you know, getting people to a certain point or whatever. I feel like there's a large contingent of people out there in the so-called alternative media who really focus on that because they know that when people are in a certain mood state, if they're agitated, if they have a patriotic feeling in their heart, that that can be exploited and turned to to anger, which then translates into them pulling their wallet out and and supporting, you know, this this patriotic broadcast or whatever it is. And 
you know, I'm, I would love to have, you know, Alex Jones kind of money and an Alex Jones kind of studio to do what we do, but I'm never going to be interested in, um, pulling those kind of theatrics out to agitate people. You know, I'll agitate people. If I'm agitated, you're going to know I'm agitated on the show and that comes across. And I think that that's fine, but I don't ever fake it and no one on the show ever fakes it. And I think that's one of the things that has drawn a younger audience, you know, the, the older audience that I'm not trying to segregate the audience at all. There's a lot of people, all, all spectrums that listen to the show, but there's a large contingent of the older audience that loves that. Um, sorry to pick on anybody. They love that Jeff Rance. They love that, that, uh, you know, Alex Jones style broadcast where it's like, it has to be Patriot all the way and, uh, no, no middle ground available for anybody. And we try to keep it somewhat light, somewhat comedic, somewhat irreverent, somewhat serious. And we do that just by being ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of what we do try and do here too. Hey, Darren, I mean, we have a, I think a good, Fucking try and right. have a good balance of being yeah. serious yet, keeping it light and, and casual. And of course being, being ourselves. I mean, that's one of the most important parts to me too. And I think that's why these conversations and podcasting in general is resonating with people and it's still growing and people are, I think once you get a, once you get to learn stuff in this way, it's hard to go back to watching the mainstream or TV or, or whatever, I, or at least it is for me anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, lately I think my underlying thing is just trying to convince everyone to just start being fucking nice to each other again, no matter, you know, if you can't, if you can't get, be nice to each other, then what's the point, you know, yeah. whether, whether you hate Trump or love Trump or Hillary or I don't give a fuck, just, you know, be nice to each other. If you can't be nice to each other talking about it, then don't talk about it. And maybe you'll get there where you can talk about it. But I'm you know. It's been, it seems like it's been like, you know, two and a half years of this ratcheted up polarizing bullshit. And if I could add one voice to any of that, it would be to fucking cut it out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the other thing is, you know, to, to make sure that the people are supporting you guys and, and supporting their favorite independent media or think tank or whatever you want to call us, because, uh, you know, we can get, we can keep we can keep ahead of them dodging and weaving or with side websites that sell granny's cookbooks for 50 bucks a year or whatever the fuck it takes. But Mm -hmm. all that stuff takes planning and, and everything else. So, you know, we need to be, instead of worrying about whether we're making rent on the first, we need to be thinking about how we can invest in infrastructure. That's going to keep shows like ours and yours around for the long haul. And uh, yeah. at a one percent support rate or a half percent support rate, those things are hard to do. Um, it really is. So be nice and support your favorite. Be nice to each other first and foremost, and second, support the shows that you love. Because if uh, if you don't, one day we're gonna get dealt a blow that we can't. Well, recover and, from. and you're about to say independent media there, and that's what I think this is gonna all become about. I mean, so far it looks like it's about ideologies, but it's really gonna be about independent media versus. Or you know, or or listener funded media or crowdfunded media compared to uh, the mainstream. I mean, that's what I think. That's what they're gonna. That's what the big clampdown is gonna be in twenty nineteen. Well, we got to steal Hillary's yeah. campaign slogan: "The stronger together." Bullshit. And we got to get our <laughs> tribes networking more, and you know, doing what we can together. And you know, we're kind of working on some pri- side projects here with some other shows to get maybe some some sort of online radio thing going, or some sort of unaffiliated media stream where we can get different viewpoints sort of on the same 
on the same in the same room, for lack of a better word, and uh, playing nice to each other to a certain extent, even when they don't agree with each other, and maybe showing you know people that that's, that we used to do that shit all the time. Like you know, it wasn't even that long ago. It was like twenty years ago, ten years ago, five years ago. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not. No, two awesome, two years mate. ago in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. That's a, that's something that uh, you know. Ever since the campaign between um, Hillary and Trump happened, where it really, I, I mean, that was like pivotal in in the divisiveness between the so-called right and left. But in reality, um, there's so much crossover between the two. Um, you know, there are conservatives that are very accepting of gays, and there are. Um, Liberals that are very hateful towards whites. I mean, it's just like, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, people have decided, oh, I'm on the right or the left or I'm Republican, Democrat, and we're just going to hate each other. It's going to be like anti-fa versus neocons or or um, alt-right or whatever it's called. Um, but in reality, we're all, we all have um, individual opinions and, and ideas about uh, the world, and they don't necessarily all align to the right or the left. And that's what's what's been happening in the last couple of years is that people have decided, oh, I'm I'm too far this way or too that too far that way to be um, to even be able to have a normal conversation and and be nice to each other, like you said. Yeah, ultimately, even even the person that seems to be the most anti-political to you, you probably fucking agree on more than you disagree on if you actually try. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, if you just set the party politics aside and the identity politics, you know, it's amazing how many things you might actually agree upon. But we've seen so many people in our own small circle of friends, in our extended, you know, circles of friends and family, just lose important relationships over this stuff like uh one of my one of my friends i was best man at his wedding uh the other i think there was three other groomsmen uh none of us can even talk to each other anymore one of them uh called spore and i nazis and threatened us with a knife for doing boiler room on, on social media you know wow and i'm just like I didn't reply to him, you know, because that's kind of my policy is like, oh, you want to be a hater? Well, welcome to the hater club. You know, you, you can just sit over there and get no responses. But, you know, it's like this is someone that I've partied with and had great times with. And we have similar music taste and we've gone to concerts together and we we're both in, you know, our mutual best friend's wedding. And, you know, he's someone who's threatened us with violence because we didn't speak poorly of the alt-right or because we took a critical view of what happened in Charlottesville. And then the other guy that was in that wedding party had a total blow up with uh, my best friend, who's the groom at the time. And that was strictly over Trump, strictly over my friends saying, you know, no, I don't want to be part of left-wing politics and i see what they're doing to to people i see what they're training kids to react like to political situations and i'm i don't want that for my family or my friends and he got called a racist and you know a misogynist and a homophobe and an islamophobe like and that was the end of that relationship so we see a lot of that going on And we've been affected by that. A lot of our listeners have been affected by that. We've had uh, married couples 
where where they realize they have different politics and their marriage fails. You know, we've had people write us and and tell us that or or one person in the relationship has to keep their their inner thoughts on the world to themselves. Like and, they're not like just to clarify that a little bit like they're not allowed to listen to the boiler room. Like yeah. it's like they're secret or discuss something that that came up to them on that show with their, you know, closest partner in the world. And like to us that's just messed up and we totally understand it cuz it's happened to us in our friends and family realms. I mean, we've we've blown up a couple of holiday meals and we've had a couple of holiday meals blown up on us. <laughs> and I, I think our our newfound, I don't know if it's new anymore, but our our sort of current operating uh, modus operandi is like, no, I'm not going to argue with you about that. If you want to sit there and say that, you know, popular mechanics told you that, you know, those buildings on 9-11 pancaked because of jet fuel and, <laughs> you know, that's what happened there, then fine, you know, we'll we'll offer you this book. Like, we'll say, hey, you know, if you want to read this book, check this out. I have a copy of Dr. Judy Wood's Where Did the Towers Go? Right here. I'll loan it to you if you want to read it. I've said that to a handful of people and not one person has even said, okay, yeah, I'll read it. I'll check it out, you know, and then we can talk about it. They, you know, they're not interested in that. People want the the bubble. They want debunking videos. They want Snopes. They want uh, news. What's this new news fuck news filter thing, whatever Microsoft is putting out this like um, oh suppressing news. National you know? Guard or something. I can't even news guard. News, news guard. There is it. Yeah. You know, people want that. They don't want to think critically for themselves. Because it's scary, if, man. It's scary. Right. If, if all that stuff is half true, it's freaky for a lot of people. Yes. It, it, it screws up their um, their think, worldview. You know what I mean? It takes a chip out of the foundation of their worldview. And, and who who out there with a nine to five and a couple of kids has time to have their worldview chiseled away at? That's well, right. Think, Hit it to the mountains. You, yeah. Was that you, Graham, that said it's scary? to them it's it's very scary to them you know it's like you live your whole life a certain way and then suddenly you think uh well you you might get like a glimpse like this wasn't how i was told this was supposed to be and then suddenly you have to like go into that realm where you're like well that's really dark like if they're actually putting like food in the grocery stores that's going to get us sick so we have to go to the hospitals and take their medication like that's a really scary thing to think about like if you know if you think you know your whole life you're like say you're a boomer in your 50s 60s whatever whatever you've been listening to everything your doctor has told you your whole life you've been told your whole life your doctor's going to tell you how to be healthy and then you realize, well, they've never actually had a class on nutrition. There's, you know, and then you're like, what? This is this is supposed to be like who I'm supposed to go to to be healthy, but they don't know anything about eating food. Yeah. You know, or they're prescribing you drugs that is, aren't any better than a placebo. I mean, you know, exactly. Right. And they get paid, they get commission off of every type of drug that they prescribe to you. It's yeah. like diabolical you know and that is a really scary thing for people to even open their eyes to and, and that's just like a little snippet of what's actually out there in the world it's like you take the eastern medicine for the long-term stuff but i'll take the western medicine if i get hit by a truck yeah yes yeah. well you know and that's the thing is that you know if you break a bone or sprain something i mean 
go to the hospital, get your bone fixed, you know, put on a brace, you know, but if, if it's going to be something like where you're nutritionally deficient, you need to work on what you're putting in your body, not go to the doctor and have a pill assigned to you that that's going to, you know, exercise over SSRIs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You made, you made me think about that. All the people getting infiltrated in the conspiracy realm as well. Like in, in our black budget feed, I'm reading a paper from uh, Cass Sunstein and it's a Harvard paper from 2008 or nine on conspiracy theories and how the, the how, how the government should handle people like us, you know, do they infiltrate? Oh. Do they spread the conspiracies? Do they try to shut them down? You know, all these different, different uh, theories. It's super fascinating, but it reminds, it th- makes me think about, you know, what they've been doing for the last 10, 10 years now, you know, five to 10 years. If that was really taken by Obama back then at the beginning of his thing, I mean, yeah, super interesting. I blame the media. uh, I mean, the media, like to me, all the polarization that you guys are talking about, it really wouldn't be that way if it wasn't for the media. And even though people are leaving that mainstream media, it's still, it's still the one creating the narrative. Somehow they still have control of the narrative. The dialectics are in place really well. I mean, if you look at the the political party, the partisan uh, squabbling that goes on now on Twitter, you know, go to go to Cernovich's page, and then go to some, you know, go to Jake Tapper's page, and it's like it is insanity. It's like this crazy mosh pit. And if you just sat there and you read both of those feeds, you begin to feel like. Oh my God, the world is <laughs> Nazis versus commies. Yeah, totally. How many Nazis and commies do you guys know? Like far left and far right Nazis and commies. Not very many. Not enough. Just that guy over there. Not, not enough to make a, a an actual political movement at all. But they push it. They push it. They push it. They make, you know, they agitate people on both sides to make them feel like they're in some sort of existential crisis and the world is just going to be fucked if the other side takes over. And, um, you know, I feel we all feel that we all have our own biases. I'm, I'm right of center and I probably wouldn't have expected myself to be right of center 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, but I'm definitely right of center now. I'm like right of it and slightly above it or below it, you know, cause I know I don't want to be on that linear scale there where they want everyone because that's where political, uh, dialectics happen, and that's that's a um, a cul-de-sac for for people that want to you know alter their worldview or improve their worldview or understand politics or understand conspiracy or understand mass media cartels. You know, it's real easy to take your bias and say, "Oh, I'm I'm right, I'm left, I'm center left, I'm center right." And I got news for everybody: if you're center left or center right or remotely anti-war you are not welcome in the dialectic anymore. You are the people that are going to get deplatformed. And and there therein lies you guys and Spore and I and a lot of our listeners because, you know, people like us, people like Grimerica, people like Boiler Room are are finally getting through to people and and getting them to the point where it's like, oh, okay, the media is telling me this. Why are they telling me this? I should look into this a little deeper. Yeah. I need to think about this. Who's who's this Cass Sunstein guy? I need to figure that out. Oh my gosh, he said all this stuff. Then lo and behold, 
we've been in, in this game for long enough now that we've seen every single one of those tactics that Sunstein has laid out. We have been in the presence of sheer fucking evil, you know, of people infiltrating groups that, that we treasured, you know, coming in there, uh, you know, and we find out years later that, that, oh, holy shit, that guy was a fucking federal operative, you know, and, and like honey potted a bunch of people and got them arrested. Like we've actually seen this stuff. Yep. So it's, it's not theoretical. It's not a fucking joke. Uh, it, and it makes being part of this sphere of information treacherous and, and difficult because you've got people like that trying to infiltrate and they're so good at it now that they have mindless drones who come and try to infiltrate on their behalf. Yeah. Who don't even know they're doing it. You know, they're just pushing what they think is real. Exactly. I mean, a hint would be, I don't think we've ever seen the mainstream media get upset at Trump for more war or more weapons or more mm. military industrial complex. That's the one thing they don't seem to attack him on. Right. And you know, cause it's, it's the war party. All of it. Both well, look, of them. Look at Venezuela right the now. Party. Says, Didn't Eisenhower tell us 65 fucking years ago that it was a military industrial complex? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And look at Trump right now. All of a sudden he says, no, we're not, we're not backing uh, Maduro, you know, the, the popular elected guy. We're going to take uh, the fringe guy and we're going to say, hey, you know, this is, this is the guy that should be in charge of Venezuela. And all of a sudden CNN rejoices. You know, yeah. if Trump fires 50 missiles into Syria, whether that's his dis personal decision or not, whether he's been influenced by our, our generals, whatever, CNN's absolutely fine with that. They can find a way to be fine with being pro-war. And, you know, that's probably a, a message that we've, you know, tried to get out also on Boiler Room is, you know, the the left, if, if you're a holder of hardcore... Um, ex extreme left or even progressive left or moderate left politics, your party has been overtaken by neocons, by dinosaur neocons. And that party used to at least have a front of anti-war. And, and now it's like they'll find any excuse to uh, spread peace, which is, of course, the Orwellian term for, you know, war. War is peace. So, uh, you know, that party is, it's barely distinguishable from the John McCain style war hawking neocons at this point. Yeah. Good point. Neocons, baby. <laughs> Neocon men. Yeah. Right on. So what do you guys, is there any plans in the future for you guys at all? Besides just continuing on the boiler room? What do you think, Spore? Well, we're, you know, this is actually, this is. I, are we live on the YouTube right now? Oh, we're live yes. on this fucking is, yeah. everything. Yeah. This has popped my YouTube cherry. Oh, nice. Glad to yeah, be a part so. of it. So I think, I think we're going to be um, trying to like um, get some like, you know, sort of nice backgrounds and some nice YouTube sort of studio stuff and start YouTubing more um, or not more just at all, you know, um, because we have been, we've only been, I mean, mostly just on Spreaker. Um, so we're, we're working on that. And Hesher's doing a lot of really awesome one-on-one -on -one interview, interviews. They're, they're called Boiler Room interviews, but they're like really nice one-on-ones. They're not like a, a normal Boiler Room where you have, you know, five to seven people on there. And then I am, I'm working on a sort of a recipe book 
so I want to do like a sort of a health show nice. uh, podcast and YouTube at some point down the road too. So um, yeah, that's kind of like what, what's on our horizon. What do you think, Kesh? Yeah, we're, we're working on all those things. Uh, Going to get set up, you know, better set up for video. Um, thank you guys for inviting us on your YouTube live today. I'm really stoked to be out there and this is live. Uh, I guess so. I don't know. Holy Is it live? Shit. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Okay. Um, That's like my starting line. I love it. <laughs> there have been a lot of boiler rooms where we sat down and just said, we don't have anything prepared. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're stoked to be on your YouTube. And um, for anyone out there on YouTube who are like strictly YouTubers and going, well, what the hell? I can't find you guys. Our YouTube channel is alternate current radio. And uh, we haven't uploaded there in quite a while, so it's going to be revamped very soon so people can go over there and hit subscribe so that when we do start doing stuff there, they'll get notified. What were you going to say, Spor? I just wanted to say that um, I am going to be starting to work on my sort of video editing skills, and I am going to be uploading icebreakers onto our channel um, in the meantime, while we're getting ourselves up and running, you know, things like bronies, cloppers, butt chugging, um, whatever it might be, weird stuff that happens that we've talked about on previous boiler rooms. I'm going to be cutting them out and uploading them to our channel. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You might so as well pretty... be doing that because you're, you know, you're doing everything anyways, right? It's just another little step to, to, uh, to just go on that platform. Right. Yes, yeah, learning how to do it. <laughs> when, when we started out, it was like, you know, on Spreaker, we have the all the licensing we need. So I would always, you know, I have a lot of music in the show and all this other stuff that YouTube is, you know, not so friendly about. So uh, we've been kind of toning back the l amount of copyrighted stuff so that we can pull segments out and upload them to our YouTube. So we will be doing that. And uh, any, any listeners out there that want to find Boiler Room, um, go to alternatecurrentradio.com or Spreaker.com and then type alternate current radio into the search bar and you'll get all of our stuff. We've been, we've had a pro account at Spreaker for a long time now for going on five years and we've got over 4 million listens across all the shows. We've got over 4,000 hours of talk and radio up there. Um, Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R has a great mobile app. So if you're a person that likes to listen to stuff on the go, you can download the app. You can find Boiler Room. Uh, we have a bunch of other cool shows there, too. We've got uh, Sunday Wire with Patrick Henningsen. We've got uh, Jay's Analysis, Jay Dyer, who's been on your show before, uh, UK Column, and uh, Radiant Creators is a really cool show that's been added recently. Uh, we also simulcast the Global Research News Hour. And then we have uh, Primecast for hip-hop aficionados. And then we do music on Saturdays, so uh, kind of eclectic set of music that goes between 5 p.m. Central to 9 p.m. Central, and then it turns into a, an all-night heavy metal fest with me. So uh, any metalheads out there are welcome to come hang out for Hessian Session. Um, but you can find all those on our Spreaker channel. You can download them. You can stream them. You can embed them in your blogs, you know, whatever you want. It's, it's a pretty cool platform. So we will be uh, getting more active on YouTube coming up and I'm going to continue doing one-on-one -on -one interviews. And actually um, 
here's an uh, exclusive I can give you guys. Last year we did uh, the only other really live video thing we've done was at South by Southwest in, here in Austin. And if anyone doesn't know, South by Southwest is a music and technology festival that happens over two weekends in Austin. It's huge. People come from all over the world. And it started out as a very, uh, you know, artistic and music oriented thing with sort of a, a tech, techno, technological edge to it. And now it's turning into total like Spooksville, um, NATOville over there to, to borrow our friend Mark Anderson's terminology. This year we're going to have at South by Southwest the Atlantic Council. Okay, and Atlantic Council. Oh boy! I'll, I'll circle back to Atlantic Council in a minute. You guys probably know where I'm headed with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Stratfor is going to be there, and that's basically a, a CIA data front that operates out of Austin. Um, the Office of uh, the Director of National Intelligence are, are all having people coming to South by Southwest. And last year, it was very much about uh, global cities and uh, taking. Uh, global like Agenda 21, Agenda 20, 2030 initiatives and applying them to big cities. So uh, we're very interested in what goes on at South by Southwest. And uh, this year, I'm not exactly sure what kind of coverage we're going to do, but uh, one of our um, one of our friends is working on getting a press pass there. So we're going to see if we can get some, you know, man on the ground reporting from South by Southwest. We want to make sure that people know what is being discussed there, you know, because tickets for this thing are insane. It's uh, and a lot of these meetings are closed. So a lot of uh, crazy stuff gets birthed. And, and uh, you know, these, these are the kind of think tanks that we feel we should be invited to sort of counter you know, um, because they want to push very specific uh, initiatives that are, you know, not about freedom, not about people, you know, very much uh, about controlling people in a sort of technocratic, uh, you know, future that a lot of us would like to avoid or, you know, see brought in <laughs> in a more human friendly way. Well said. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So, that's, so yeah, let us know when that happens and we'll, uh, you know, we'll link to it or we'll talk about it. And if your cookbook comes out too, um, sport, let us know about that too. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll help each other out a bit there. Look, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anything we can collaborate on, let us know. Yeah. Likewise, keep us informed. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to, you know, stay, uh, stay hooked up so we can, you know, get each other's audiences all cued into what's going on there and, uh, we'll be sure and get uh, you guys on one of those boiler room specials one of these days soon so that, you know, I'm going to uh, obviously I'm streaming this live on alternatecurrentradio.com and I'm going to stick it in the uh, the boiler room bucket podcast bucket. So it'll go out to our entire audience. And I want to make sure that our audience knows your website and the best place to find your podcast. So if you could just give your website a shout out and uh you know, any apps that are good for listening to Grimerica on or anything you want to say as far as, you know, advertising, getting the word out. Go ahead, Darren. Uh, it's the Grimerica show. <laughs> and it's on Grimerica.ca slash support, Grimerica.ca slash iTunes. If you just go to Grimerica.ca, everything's there. You'll find everything there. Yeah, but like you said, uh, 
subscribe and review and like uh, you know do the YouTube subscription and the notification like all those yeah, little all things that help. Shit. Yeah, click all the buttons, yeah. do all the yeah. stuff Graham asks you to do in the show notes. Get it all yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. It's important. People don't realize how important that is. You know, it's so easy. And I was guilty of this before I started actually doing content. You know, sitting down and watching it and be like, oh, cool. You know, I, I took all that in. I watched it. That was great. I love these guys. And, you know, maybe didn't hit subscribe or didn't, you know, click the notification thing and, you know, didn't support people. And, uh, you know, we got to do that or we're all going to fall through the cracks because we're we're under attack. And it's not, you know, I'm not just saying that because it sounds cool. You know, oh, we're under attack, folks. You know what I mean? Like Alex Jones style. Don't worry about Alex Jones. He's got a $10 million a year industry, even when he's getting taken off and deplatformed. It's it's smaller grassroots places like Grimerica, like Alternate Current Radio, and whatever show you listen to. You know, maybe you listen to, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a um, sort of center-left one. Maybe, maybe you listen to Global Research. You know, they're sort of left of center, um, you know, Support them, you know, whoever it is you find the most value with, support them. And yeah. if you have five shows that you find value with exactly, and you drink five Starbucks a week or six Starbucks a week, you could take one of those $5 coffees out and become a $1 patron or a $1 a month supporter of five different shows. And you'd still get your, your four to five coffees a week, you know, have a tea that day, you know, something else. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. real easy to adjust yourself so that you can support people that are doing hard work because if you don't you're going to be left with youtube red and netflix and hulu and they're going to be pumping a bunch of bullshit into your brain yeah yeah and the other thing we should mention too since we're on your stream as well is we do have a a large meetup uh going on in uh in may a 10-day meetup with randall carlson he's been one of our one of our favorite guests in the past uh, we're going to be in a in a big log cabin in Colorado for like three different sort of sessions uh, for some some stop day hikes and some what's that? It's stop a, calling them. It's, it's not a cat. It's a huge. Stop like, calling the 122 acre estate a cabin. Yeah. So we're, anyways, <laughs> we're there in in, um, in May for like ten nice. days. A bunch of people, and we're about to open up that to to some uh, some listeners of other shows and stuff like that. So can excellent open up to your listeners, and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. If anybody knows Randall Carlson too, he was going to do some uh some some uh what do you call it hikes in the day checking out some some places around there i'm probably going to do some like, a geological expedition probably going to do some ce5 like contact meditations at night sky watching and stuff like that and uh we should have left that part out for this audience that, no they're, they're, uh, that's all right no care. we have a <laughs> we have a pretty We're widespread audience yeah we'll we'll go i mean <laughs> Our audience demographic is a trip, man. It's yeah. uh, it's a trip how yeah. how wide it has gotten, and totally. it it thrills us to know that you know we're not driving everybody away. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I heard, I heard you guys talk about that that event. It sounds really. It sounds like it's going to be beautiful and really awesome. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. So there Here's you go. Hope, but yeah. I I think you guys should let Darren bring a joint, though. Really, I, I think you should let him get high <laughs> while he's there. Well. Colorado, it's free for all there, isn't it? Yeah, I'm worried. Right. It's, it's, it a, it might turn Hopefully, it doesn't turn into a bit of a shit show. I there, found right. a new group. We're gonna see more shit, find more aliens. There's <laughs> a plant medicine friendly crew. All right, there you go. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Side hike. Everyone's awesome. invited. Well, we invite the non-plant medicine people too because we don't hate. I'll do the sober 
CE5s and Darren can do the plant medicine. I ain't doing shit. (laughs) There you go. Right on. Thanks, guys. We fucking appreciate it. It's been a blast. Like two hours just flew by. Yeah, I can't believe it's uh, gone by so fast. Thanks for having us on, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again. All righty. Yeah, come back anytime. Have a nice night. Yeah. All right, you guys. guys. Bye. Bye. And of course, thanks to all the people listening live. Yeah, Not that good. that was yeah. a chat with Spore and Hesher from the Boiler Room. It was a nice chat. What did you yeah. think? That was awesome. I've been wanting to do that for a long time, and it's good to chat with. Yeah, yeah. If you're all excited for that. Yeah. We didn't even say you were nervous first. No, I didn't. No. Oh, were you nervous? Uh, no. Huh? You were too triggered from being cornered. Yeah, I'm still stuck in a corner. We have a big office now, and I can't. I still like squished in a corner. Wow, it's a good look for you. But yeah, that's I've been listening to their show, and I I've, I love it. It's it's like it's like it just reminds me of some of the stuff we talk about and some of the people that we talk to, and yeah, it's just cool. It's cool. Kind of good deconstruction, like a casual deconstruction, like a almost between us us and no agenda with more people always contributing. So mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, that would be my rundown of the show. Yeah, good show. Check it out. Download. We'll have all the links for that in the show notes, like always. Yeah. And uh, support the show, redamerica.ca slash support. Head there, sign up for a monthly, less than, less than a price of a cup of coffee. Uh, honestly, a buck a month, two bucks a month, 30 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. We don't care. Sign up for something. Honestly, it helps. It makes a difference. Helps us pay the rent. The rent's due in two days. So we made rent this month. We got to make rent next month again. So we need more supporters. redamerica.ca slash support. I hate to do it, but, you know, I hate to ask you guys, but it seems like you need reminding. Can't do it without them. That's right. Uh, Grandamerica.ca slash Stripe if you hate PayPal. Grandamerica.ca slash Patreon if you hate everybody. Um, <laughs> other than that, do everything in the show notes. Just uh, check out Grandamerica FM, the radio station. Check out all the great shows on there. Uh, what else you got? That's it. Sign yeah. up for the newsletter, Grandamerica.ca yeah. slash news. There's a voicemail. There's a phone number in the chat. I know, oh, sorry. There's a, phone, there's a number. phone number in the show notes. Oh, is there? Yeah, we got like four, three or four voicemails already. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, or you we, can text. We got a call and text line in the chats, uh, in the show notes. So do that too. Review this motherfucker on iTunes, five stars or four stars or whatever the fuck you think. Don't do one star. That's just mean. Uh, I think that's it. Anything else? That's it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
Rubbing elbows with who knows, maybe some hobos I'm on the train tracks, walking that same path Grooving to the tambourine Riding in my limousine Eating on some jelly beans Tell them Felix sent you there. 